0: What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts for today, Simon Villanos.
1: And I'm your other co-host, Cody Stauffer. And if you've been paying attention, you know we did some 1A football analysis and preview slash predictions last week. So naturally, we're going to continue to head upwards and talk 2A football. Simon, you mind if I go ahead and... Do what we did last week and kind of recap what happened with two A football this past season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But before you go on, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to our fans and the state of Colorado and all these one a teams have gave us a lot of support because uh realized we didn't do that on the last episode, but we hit a thousand over a thousand followers now on Instagram. I believe we're at a thousand fifty, thousand sixty right now. Obviously the TikTok is going as well. And so we just want to say, you know, we appreciate y'all support a lot. We do it for the kids, we do it for the athletes, we do it for y'all. And so we appreciate that and we're hoping to, you know, do a lot of the same things for these two-way kiddos. And, you know, this is a great division here. It was uh, this last year and it will be this year. So, Cody, uh, go ahead, man.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to echo that sentiment and just say thank you so much for listening and continue to stay tuned. With that being said, last year in the 2A fall season as y'all know with COVID there was two separate seasons so we're going to talk about the playoff brackets from both and the 2A teams involved and you know the seeds for that fall season was Resurrection Christian at number one, Sterling High School at number two, Platte Valley at number three, Pagosa Springs four, Eaton High School five, Delta High School six, Lamar seven, and Moffat County. At number eight. I don't know why I got an accent on that one. But anyways, in these playoffs, Resurre- Resurrection Christian opened up with a 40-14 to win over Moffitt County. And then they faced Eaton, who handed Pagosa Springs a 41-7 to loss. So that's what the top half of the bracket looked like. And then down in the bottom half, Lamar High School upset Sterling High School. 14 to 6, and then Delta also upset, I guess, you know, six seed taking on a three seed. Platte Valley 38 to 6. So your semifinals were Resurrection Christian versus Eaton, and Lamar versus Delta. Delta barely lost to Lamar 7 to 6, so literally a one point game. And Eaton upset Resurrection Christian 27 to 13 before facing off against Lamar in the championship and being crowned the fall season champs. And that's Eaton fighting Reds, who beat Lamar, which I'm not going to say the second half of their team name because it's it's kind of cringe. But anyways, they won 28 to 21. And uh, yeah.
0: Do you want me to let me let me react to this real quick?
1: Yeah, I was about to say that there's plenty to talk about here.
0: Yes. So, okay. I'm going to throw all this out here because I'm sure somebody's going to find out this information and be like, oh, he's he's not for real. Okay, so I have a very strong connection with Eden and their football program. I taught in that school district basically for a year. Um, It was the last normal year that I actually taught before the pandemic. I was teaching there when the pandemic started and whatnot and so i know a lot of these football players i know their siblings i know a lot of the volleyball players and softball players by the way who won state last year as well because eden is the high school of champs um they turned up all the way around uh, this athletic program is extremely successful i know their coaches i know their pe teachers i know other teachers there and so i'm just gonna throw that out there so there is a natural bias here uh last year i was able to watch Eat and play Lamar Uh, I wasn't there because I I I don't know what what I was doing, but I think I just couldn't make it. So I was live streaming it. And so I was very proud seeing my boys play. I remember texting Coach Grable and whatnot to congratulate them for me because they definitely deserved it. Uh, You know, Eden is a community that, you know, kind of got hit pretty hard by COVID, I would say, and, you know, had some other challenges as well uh, throughout the year. But, you know, uh, they did what they had to do. And, you know, it just it just showed out in that game. And, you know, I got to give credit to Lamar as well because just being completely honest, watching that game, Eden dominated, you know, up front, their line led by their boy, Tanner True, who I did a breakdown on um, a couple months ago. Uh, they, they just oh my god <laughs> they they did whatever they wanted to Lamar you know they just controlled the line of scrimmage like every play you see somebody get blown back or knocked out or it was it was a very hard game to watch because it was very obvious that Eden was just bigger and they were more savage and they were more like aggressive and they were just they were just tougher up front and so you know for honestly for Zane Rankin and Blake Buxton to do what they did in that game was pretty incredible because at one point Eden was up by 21 points in the third quarter and then you know Zane Rankin uh, I did a breakdown him and Blake Buxton I believe Cody you did a breakdown on him uh, they turned it up they said all right you know basically <laughs> backyard football right we're gonna run around make some little Manziel plays here and we go gonna find a way to win and get into you know get, get, make the make the game kind of close and so they went ahead and scored a historical 21 straight points to storm back and tie the game um fourth quarter was pretty close i'm not even gonna lie eden ended up scoring a touchdown and they won uh by by one score basically and so it was a very exciting state championship game you know and eden they are returning a lot of these players we're going to talk about that soon here later though but you know uh, honestly this is kind of a team that i was surprised didn't have as great a seating as they did because they are a talented team. I know they struggled a little bit, a little bit with COVID. They had to forfeit a game. Um, there were plenty of games where uh, the offense was just not, it was a little bit more one dimensional and, you know, you were losing players here and there as well. And so, you know, you really just had to rely on that defense to to keep it together. Cause that was probably one of the only uh, constants this entire season for them, this entire last season. So uh, there you go. Lamar, You know, fantastic squad Um, probably could have done a little bit. I mean, they probably they probably could have won state. There's definitely a universe where they won state. We'll just keep it 100 there they're a good they were a good squad last year um unfortunately they are losing probably the most amount of players in this entire two-way division but you know you gotta give credit where it's due they were a fantastic squad last year they deserve to be there they're extremely tough and you know they played eden tough as they should so there you go uh resurrection christian i think you said that was the other one uh were they the one seed last year cody
1: yeah, so Resurrection Christian was the one C last year, um, which you know that that's why it, it counts as an as an upset, you know, uh, for for Eaton High School, and uh, or uh, to Eaton High School, I should say. So I, I don't right. know if they take any solace in you know losing to the eventual state champs, but they're also losing quite a bit of talent this off season as well, and basically their entire linebacking cl- core. Um, yes. that, but four linebackers that were all either all state or honorable mention all state, which is a lot to lose. And, um, their top three tacklers were included that including Tanner Appleby, who was in the mix, you know, as one of the best linebackers last year in the class of 21 and definitely someone who was on our radar. So,
0: yeah, we, uh, we did a breakdown on him. I thought one of us did a breakdown on him so you know there you go he he was a he was a pretty good stud on the 2a level for uh as a linebacker and then you know shout out to christian scared Sk- is it Scandret and aj Goldfane. uh those two were the other linebackers on the squad as well i believe christian actually was the lead tackler on this squad and so uh that's kind of a tough go we'll talk more about them in this next segment here uh, little surprise. They did lose to Eden, but you not know, the same time. Not really on paper. I mean, if you just look at it, Eden just had a very dominating line. Tanner true. He's like 6'3, 80 himself. And that dude couldn't move like i've i've seen this dude play volleyball and a bunch of other sports before for somebody that big he moves insanely fast and so also he's you know pretty strong as well obviously and so uh, that was a kind of a big problem in that game along with their dominant defensive line and you know that's kind of just a constant here to be completely honest with you but resurrection christian is definitely a squad that you know even though they are losing some players you know they do they are returning some key ones and so that's definitely not a name that you um or that we that we won't forget here soon because we will talk about them soon here uh so yeah cody cody what do you think about these last playoffs in the fall you know any surprises here things that you took away from that
1: well yeah i just wanted to kind of keep talking about lamar a little bit you know It's definitely tough and I don't know how much of their success will carry over, but they definitely overachieved as a seven seed and a lot of that is thanks to Zane Rankin who was the 2A player of the year. So, you know, obviously really talented. They had three All-State linemen and Blake Buxton, who I know I watched his, I at least watched his film and talked about him a little bit because of our top five wide receivers of the class of 21. So, you know, but they're just overall losing a lot of scrimmage yards, like thousands of scrimmage yards uh, between rank and Buxton and their like entire backfield. So, you know, they're definitely losing a lot, but, you know, they they overcame some pretty tough challenges. You know, Sterling had, I believe, the number five ranked defense last season. And, you know, they they had some dudes over on that Sterling D-line and in that linebacking core and also in that secondary and you know that big players make uh, big plays and big moments and that's exactly what Zane Rankin and Blake Buxton did yeah like you said in in the state championship and in the entire playoffs that was kind of the story was uh, Zane and Blake just taking over and you know making plays when it mattered and you know winning these close games they also had a lot of good defenders that they're going to be losing this year uh, obviously You know, in the playoffs, they held both teams that they won against to only six points. So you don't do that with with a slouch of a defense. So I believe, you know, they're very well coached there in that aspect. And yeah, I also know that kind of switching gears a little bit here. Delta, I did a breakdown on Nolan Bynum, who is their quarterback last year, who his junior year was was, you know, a a bit healthier, I would say. And uh, very dominant, you know. He kind of had a, a down year this year, but I believe he's committed to Western. And so Delta High School is another one of those high schools that, you know, they're they're returning their leading rusher and their backup quarterback, uh, Scarnhorst. Um, he was super athletic and he ran uh, for for six touchdowns. And I think that the nice thing about Delta High School coming into this next season is they won't have to change the offense too much. But I don't think that means that they're as talented. Uh, I know Colby Braslin over there at Delta High School was somebody who was on our radar for the top receivers list and, you know, was a good big bodied kind of jump ball receiver for whoever was at quarterback. And, uh, you know, losing that kind of like jump ball guy at the receiver position is kind of a hard thing to replace. And, you know, they, they also lose a lot of their, their leading tackler and their leading um pass rusher who who led in sacks and three of their other four leading receivers so delta high school is someone else who kind of needed to get it done last year if they were going to win a state championship in my opinion i still think that they'll be in the mix this year uh but maybe not so much the same simon i don't know how familiar you were with delta high school um but do you have any thoughts on them i know that uh that that they've lost quite a bit. I know I talked to you about Nolan Bynum just a little. Yeah,
0: bit. yeah, and I've I've watched his film and uh, his receivers film. Uh, Razzlin, you said right? Yeah, yeah. I've I've watched both of their film. I okay. I've looked at Delta a couple times. Uh, Throughout last year, uh, mostly Nolan Bynum, uh, when we were talking about, you know, our top five senior quarterbacks and whatnot. And, you know, he's obviously a big part of their offense. Uh, You know, they got a quarterback coming up who had snaps the last year. So that's never a bad thing. You know, you're returning some good talent there. Um, You know, they'll they'll probably make some noise. Like, that's probably a squad that will make the playoffs. Um, Wouldn't be surprised there. Now, how they make the playoffs... (laughs) It it could look great, you know, Uh, or it could be kind of a kind of a tough go, you know, maybe not the cleanest record going into playoffs. Maybe a lot like a like a, you know, 2020 Eden uh, playoff or not. Sorry, not playoff record. More like a 2020 Eden regular season record, you know, as a fifth seed or or probably a lower seed, to be honest with you. But I think there is a squad that could probably make the playoffs as a fringe team. I'm just not I don't know. I feel like there's just a lot of unknowns. There. I would probably have to do more research as well. I know that quarterback Skarnhorst is it Skarnhorst or am I saying that right?
1: Uh, that that's what I believe. Skarnhorst, if I'm and if we're saying it wrong, then uh, you know, feel free to reach out to us, uh, Nathan. I'm actually I would be intrigued to see what you have to say as far as Delta season and um you know the growth that you've made over the off season. But anyways, uh, I'm just gonna yes. keep going with Skarnhorst here. Okay or you could just okay. say Nathan for uh, Delta.
0: I, I don't know if we're close enough for me to be on a first name basis with him. So we'll keep we'll we'll keep it there, uh at, at Skarnhorst for now. But uh he's a he's an interesting prospect to me. I'm gonna be honest. He's somebody that I feel like deserves to get some credit here from both me and you and the podcast, you know. He's somebody who's been on our radar multiple times whenever i've looked at other articles here doing my research for this 2 a preview and you know um talking to some other players here that's a name that has come up consistently and so for that to happen obviously you have to be doing something good you can't just be some scrub and you know your name's th- getting thrown around there unless they don't like you that's that's another thing but he's well respected though that's uh <laughs> that's that's the important thing and I am very interested in seeing how his season go that's definitely a name that will be that I'll be following that we'll be following here on the podcast um just just to see how it goes you know I think I think the success of Delta a lot of it kind of relies on him which might be a lot for a full for a first time four-year starter you know but uh you never know. There's been crazier stories out there, and there's been uh, some uh, crazy stories of first-year starters making uh, huge impacts for their squads, you know, a la, uh, Josh Rowland for Fairview. Shout out to him. So you never know. But uh, I, I think I'll keep it there for now just because I haven't done as much research as I wanted to in them. I definitely took a look at the roster and, you know, their schedule and whatnot. I'm just not sure how much i buy into them uh, just because of the lack of film of some of the players that will be going into starting roles here. So, so there yeah, you go.
1: They're, they're losing a lot of snaps and, you know, I think they have a favorable enough schedule to make the playoffs, but, and we'll, we'll see, we'll know more about them as they go down the stretch here. Their last four games are all against playoff teams, uh, ab- you know, of both the fall and the spring season. They end with at Aspen versus Basalt versus Moffat County and at rifle. So I think we'll learn a whole lot about, you know, Scarnhorst here and this entire Delta squad then. Yes. So uh,
0: time then, will tell, you know, we'll just have to see.
1: I just wanted to give everyone a quick review here about something else. That's a bit scary for this Lamar team here looking at their schedule. They have a really tough schedule in my opinion. Um, they face uh, Holyoke high school who we, we talked about, you know, uh, being a one, a powerhouse, and, you know, going against the sprigs and whatnot, that's a game that, you know, could really help Holyoke out by winning a big two, a matchup. So you have that going for them. Then also they face TCA and then go to Manitou Springs right after that. And then LaHunta and Alamosa are also returning some big names on their offensive lines, actually, as far as like starters from last year. So those could all be tough games down the stretch for Lamar. If they managed to start off strong out the gate, um, on top of losing yeah. seven All-Staters, which is just insane for any team, really.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And it's not—I hate, like, doing this, like, being like, oh, they're definitely not making the playoffs. Like, crossing them out before the season even starts, because it is just August 11th today. But, like, I there's going to have to be a lot of growing and a lot of gluing together for this thing to uh, to work out for Lamar. And so, you know, there's no shame in growing— at all you know you everyone has to start somewhere and whatnot and obviously you know this is a squad that's gonna be having to fill a lot of holes and you know the people or uh, players that you put in place they're gonna have to gel together as well sometimes it looks better on paper than it actually is and so um just a lot of unknowns there and i I feel bad but that's just kind of how the sport is you know they're usually a well-coached team anyway so i'm sure they'll bounce back eventually but uh, that's that's just a team that I have a hard time seeing in the playoffs right now, especially with a lot of teams that are like just that are just good, you know, Um, because you just talked about a lot of these fall teams. But, you know, there are a good amount of very quality teams that played in the spring as well.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a great transition for me to talk about the spring bracket here that included the likes of Glenwood Springs, who is actually a 3A team. But I believe the rest of these were all 2A teams uh, in order of seeding with the Classical Academy, a.k.a. TCA, you know, uh, Coach V's alma mater, actually. Then Basalt High School, Rifle, the Academy, Sand Creek, yep, as the 6th seed, Aspen, and then Northfield as the 8th seed. So... In these playoffs, uh, Glenwood Springs smacked Northfield 56-13 to start things off. And Rifle got a close win over the academy, 28-20, before beating Glenwood Springs in the semifinals to proceed to the championship game. That was the top half of the bracket. And on the bottom half, Sand Creek upset Basalt High School 27-22 before losing to TCA 39-13. In the semifinals, and TCA, just like they had been all year in the opening round, they beat Aspen fifty-seven to zero. Oh my god! Uh, and their closest game all year before the championship was the twenty-six point win over Sand Creek. So then you have TCA and Rifle heading into the championship, and I'm gonna actually pass it over to Simon here, who had a chance to watch a lot more of the game.
0: Yeah, so uh, Rifle, I'm just going to go ahead and spoil it, but Rifle, go ahead and uh, beat TCA 35-34. to 34. was a pretty close game, you know, and there are a lot of interesting storylines. I want to talk about Rifle here for a second. Uh, previously, or I, how should I say this? Yeah, previously to this 2021 spring football season, uh, they actually hired a new head coach, uh, in, and he's, he's one of the good ones. And Todd Casper, I hope I'm saying his name right, but Todd Casper, he was the coach at Castleview and Cody, you and I actually broke down a number of players from Castleview. Um, actually I think it was more so me <laughs> than you, but, uh, you know, I believe those are players, uh, such as a, a, uh, Johnny Columbi Is it Johnny Columbia, I want to say? Zane Wodark. Actually, you broke down Zeke Pierce. He used to go to Castleview and whatnot. And so um, just watching through a lot of their film, we are very familiar with their offense. We'll just say that. And, you know, Todd Casper, he was a multi-time coach of the year when he was at Castleview. And he coached them in the fall season and then went ahead and coached Rifle when they hired him in the spring season. So, uh, you know, he became... Basically, the first head coach in Colorado history to coach two football seasons in in one year. And, you know, obviously, that could only be done during a COVID year. So (laughs) there you go. But obviously, uh, Coach Casper here, he had a lot. He had a lot of work to do. Uh, with that spring season coming up, obviously he was a whole with a whole nother team before, and then now he's with this team with rifle. And so for them to make it this far with you know with making do with what they had to do, obviously it was a COVID season for everyone, but you know specifically for this team for them doing what they did and then winning it all is uh, is pretty fantastic. You know uh, you have to be very secure in your team culture and build a team culture right away and just be that type of guy to you know do all those things and be able to keep this team together in a very weird season for this to happen and you know tca in my opinion going into this game was a much better team um mm, i'm gonna talk about rifle i'm gonna talk about rifle <laughs> uh, so just basically the way they played rifle you know they run the ball a lot a lot like how Castleview did, you know, have a bunch of different players running the ball. Very limited quarterback play, a lot like how uh, Johnny Columbia did. Uh, the quarterback who will be returning, Trey Caldwell, did uh, some of those things that Columbia did. I would still probably take Columbia over Caldwell, though, because uh, Columbia is a very underrated passer. And so there you go. But, you know, they just they pounded the football, you know, every is it Marantino? Yeah, Embry Marantino, uh Toto Fletchel, all them boys. You know, obviously uh Embry was the one who ended up with the most touches and the most stats in that game, but uh Toto Fletchell and all them boys, they're still putting in a good amount of work, man. They were they were wearing down the T C A off or sorry, the T C A defense, and it was a very obvious by the fourth quarter. Um, it was very obvious because Man, they're just wearing them down. They play tough defense and whatnot, and then that's just how they win games and Uh, you know, TCA, I'm, I'm okay. I'll talk about them now. They, they have more firepower. They had more firepower. They still do. You know, they're returning pretty much all those players. Um, I, okay. (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and do the same thing I did with Eden here. Obviously Cody said it earlier. Uh, you know, it is my alma mater. I graduated from TCA. A lot of my friends here in the Springs are from TCA. A lot of my connections are from there. Uh, shout out to my homegirl Alicia. She was actually on one of our first episodes, uh, talking about cheerleading. Schooling me about cheerleading is probably the more accurate version of how that episode went. Uh, <laughs> but she uh, came from TCA, and so a lot of my play or players, a lot of my uh, friends, and. Uh, buddies are, are definitely from there. And so uh, being somebody who went to TCA, I have known a lot of these players. At least I've known the names of a lot of these players since they're in middle school. In fact, I'm sure there's a... Cody, you know this, but I put on a senior versus junior flag football game and in the one where I played in, you could see a bunch of middle schoolers in the background waiting to to get on their practice field because that's <laughs> that's the field they're using. So I'm sure you could see a young Cade Palmer, uh, <laughs> Segovia uh, Gillies, all them boys out there, you know, looking Uh, looking like a bunch of middle schoolers because they were so that's that's kind of a funny thing to throw out there and so i'm very familiar with them i am very very familiar with their coaching staff you know we i'm i'm familiar with their coaching staff we'll just say that we'll keep it there uh and in my opinion this is a coaching staff that has definitely struggled In some years, you know, they've had talented teams, but I feel like there have been uh, more coaching miscues than, you know, they'd probably like to admit. And to be completely honest, this is a game they should have won. How they lost the game was basically they just kept handing the ball to their running back, their star running back, Cade Palmer. He must have had like 10 carries in that one in that 30-second drive that they had until he basically fumbled the ball because he was exhausted and they are giving him the ball way too much and not relying on like the million other weapons that they have that easily show during the game as well that they can be uh, that they can't help win this game. And so, you know, some people, they blame Cade Palmer uh, for that fumble. I personally don't. I feel like he was overworked. I feel like, you know, at that point, it was a ba- very basic offensive play calling that, you know, Rifle definitely could have seen coming, you know. And this is the kind of thing that we talked about on on our Colorado football culture thing. You know, I, it's it's coaching, right? You know, and I'm hoping that they learn from their mistakes and whatnot, but it was a very stupid mistake that they made in state. TCA should have won by at least two or three touchdowns versus Rifle. They didn't. And, you know, Rifle obviously has a great coaching staff and some great players over there, so you can't, you know, you can't just be like, oh, they're not good players. So that's how they lost, lost 35 to 34. Um, I think there was also a moment here, I don't know why, where TCA either went for two or I don't know it was something stupid but if you know TCA you know they've had uh, great kickers in the past one of them Daniel Carlson I know him he currently kicks for the Raiders right now i believe his brother's over at auburn carlson what is actually i think he is the leading uh scorer in football history for those auburn tigers right now and you know the kicker they have right now he's no slouch either he's a good one i'm pretty sure i've been able to see him kick live and so have a lot of my other contacts over there and he's the real deal so for him to not kick the pat and for them to go for two very early on was not it was a very questionable decision to say the least it was a very stupid decision to say the least i'll just say that why would you do like why 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 you're up by 21 to seven at one point Ugh cody cody you step in i i can't uh, right now you step in i was about to say
1: i i will echo your your sentiment that this loss does not fall on the running back who by the way ran for over 300 yards in a championship game um don't really know what i mean obviously you could ask a little bit more to not fumble but also
0: you also play linebacker as well
1: yeah if you're only handing it off to one player in a very long back and forth game and i mean 300 yards that look that's all that that's all that needs to be said in my opinion um and you know the the, they also have a garrett Couts, I believe at that time, um, I believe that's how you say his name, who is their leading receiver and who was a playmaker out there on the outside. So, you know, um, and and Sam, their their quarterback was, was a competent quarterback, you know, he threw over twice as many TDs as he did interceptions. So you have a lot of options as far as like throwing or passing the ball, I'd say. Um, and, you know, a lot of these younger guys that will be coming back. You know that they made plays throughout the year as well so it wasn't just kate palmer and company if that makes sense um for this tca team and i definitely think that they had more option. well they had the option not to lose but obviously that's not how it worked out and um you know i say that we'll probably we'll we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about tca and rifle looking ahead but Congratulations to both those programs as well as the other programs that we talked about for making the playoffs and doing what they could in the playoffs. Uh, one program that I can kind of talk about just real quick who, you know, we're not talking about as a contender because, you know, we talk about our contenders in the next segments, but uh, the Academy who lost to Rifle in the opening round, um, you know, they, I, I don't see them being a serious contender, one, because they got absolutely flushed down the drain by TCA earlier that year, I think by over like 40 points. Um, And, you know, they'll be losing six of their 10 uh, leading tacklers, including uh, Cole Brenner, who was the leading tackler, as well as uh, Charlie States, who are both All-State honorable mentions. And they're losing uh, All-State linemen as well in uh, Zach Stadelbauer. And, you know, they're, uh, Gabriel Espinosa, who, you know, I think was on our radar, but I don't think we did a breakdown of him from the Academy who, you know, made plays, uh, both intercepting the ball and scoring touchdowns. You know, he was that wide receiver slash DB combo who, you know, uh, I mean, obviously you kind of take Espinosa out of the game. If you're rifle by just running the ball over and over again, as far as, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, they're a team who I think could potentially make the playoffs once again. They are returning their quarterback, Isaiah Elliott, who threw for nearly 60% completion. Or I think it was actually a little bit above 60% completion as a sophomore quarterback. And he also ran 4-6 TDs on top of throwing for 10 touchdowns. So I'd love to see what one more year of growth and what uh, one more offseason does for him, especially this shortened offseason. I could see... You know, Isaiah Elliott being a name that we might have to keep an eyeball on because, you know, he is such a good dual threat quarterback who's pretty quick. And they're also returning this uh, running back, Silvis, who ran for basically six and a half yards per carry. And, you know, I think Isaiah Elliott, while he does lose uh, Gabriel Espinoza, who. You know that hurts. That hurts losing your leading receiver, especially when you're a young quarterback. It probably acted as like a security blanket. They are returning Sean Smith, who is the second leading receiver as a freshman. I almost said true freshman. This isn't college. There's only one kind of freshman here. But who was a yes. freshman um, this this spring season and is you know getting ready for his sophomore year and you know ha- honestly has has some pretty decent wheels and some solid enough hands for for the academy to probably sneak into the playoffs uh one more time here uh heading into this fall season but other than that i think that we're going to end up talking about most of these programs more in the upcoming segments simon is there anything you want to say about some of these other teams here that we won't be talking about whether that is from fall or spring
0: yeah so we kind of talked about this team last episode so if you want to check that out which uh you should anyways uh, episode 52 that is uh, but <laughs> oh yeah but manitou I, yeah manitou springs they won the two-way football championship they are a uh they actually are a two-way team against flat irons uh, okay l- look it's not that i don't believe in them but, you know, in the, uh, the announcer, when I was watching the game, they talked a lot about how a lot of their success came from getting basketball players to play for their squad. Um, and it was very obvious because, you know, you had guys like Joe Armour, uh, Thor Flett, Nathan Haas, you know, a couple other receivers, DBs here and there that were obviously very, very very instrumental in their championship win against the Flatirons academy who you know don't get it twisted even though they are a flat or a flat iron team even though even though they are a 1a team they are very well coached they had some weapons over there um shout out to their quarterback Dubay. he was a true dual threat you could rifle in any pass and run the ball really well uh tough runner there and so you know, they had to be on their P's and Q's against this very good team. And so uh, we we are not talking about them in this next segment just because, you know, I don't know what their numbers are going to look like. I don't know how many basketball players they are going to get to return because that kind of does seem to be the key to them returning. And I, I mean, I don't know if I'm quarterback Caleb Allen, who, by the way, is a is a pretty stud quarterback, you know. Uh, Seventeen touchdowns, seven picks on fifty uh, percent uh, completion. That's not bad. And you know, in that state championship game, he had a very good game. I would say he looked really good, comfortable in the pocket, manipulating the pocket, which is something that we literally almost have to tell every Colorado football player uh, to do. I feel, but you know, he was uh, he was in his bag in that game for sure and throughout this season we'll just say that you know and so that's definitely a guy who will keep him in there um you know he's a leader on that squad as well you also got tate christian tyler mahoney who are very solid receivers and athletes as well and so there's definitely a universe i'm just gonna say that where this manitou springs team can make the playoffs And then once you're in the playoffs, anything could happen, right? Um, I think that's something that each team has to keep in mind here. You know, once you make the playoffs, anything could happen. And so really, if this is a squad that returns um, or not even returns, they just get basketball players to play for their team because Joel Armour, he was a one-year football player, by the way, um, then, you know, they could potentially make some noise. This could be an offense that you will need to look out for because Caleb Allen, he is a force to be wrecking with these. Uh, He's a stud quarterback over there at Manitou, and, you know, they may not have the size up front on their offensive line. They didn't last year anyways, so, you know, it's not like (laughs) much is going to change this year, but, you know, uh, if they don't have that size up front, I could definitely see them going to, you know, more of a spread offense, which you love to see. Especially here in the state of Colorado, uh, some more complicated offenses. And then if they go to that spread, that could definitely be a problem. You know, having a couple great receivers and a great quarterback, uh, that's definitely a name to look out for. But just because we are not sure about who they're returning or their numbers even going into this next year, uh, because they've always struggled with numbers, that's just always been a historical thing with Manitou Springs. I don't feel comfortable putting them as a contender again. And I don't feel comfortable maybe even saying that they'll make the playoffs again. It might be a close call Cody, but, uh, what do you think about that?
1: I think I got to agree with you. I mean, they're losing the two A player of the year in Joe armor. Obviously I I wrote down Nathan Haas as well, who, you know, was the leading tackler for this Manitou team, as well as you already talked about Thor Flett who were both interception leaders and all state. They're also losing their leading rusher. And, um, you know, losing, uh, you know, it's always nice to look at defense when you lose four of your top five tacklers, that stinks. And there is a pretty decent drop off in number of tackles after those guys, you know, so it'll be some some youngsters will definitely have to step up but I got to agree with you. Tate Christian is a great athlete who I think is going to be able to make plays on both sides of the ball. And, uh, Tyler Maloney is somebody who's going to be able to step up to, you know, his sophomore year, he averaged over eight yards per carry. And it wasn't like on like two carries, like he ran for 370 yards. So, you know, he had a decent workload and, you know, was able to, to find the lanes and, you know, pick up yards when he needed to. And I think that you know, an off season of work could make them even more explosive and a bit more dangerous. So I wouldn't count Manitou out of, you know, making the playoffs, but that's a team that, you know, might sneak in as like an eight seed, depending on their numbers and depending on the chemistry that uh, Caleb Allen here can form with some of these new cats who are going to be joining the team. And when they, when they eventually get there. So.
0: Yeah. So nothing personal, obviously. I mean, it's never really anything personal usually, but, uh, I, I don't know. There's just a lot of unknowns here. I know for we sure love that to Caleb be proven Allen, wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah, we do love to be proven wrong. Honestly, I know that Caleb Allen is, is a stud quarterback and is somebody that, you know, he, he might make our top five senior list. There's actually a couple quarterbacks on this two a level that might make our top five senior list depending on the season that they have. So, uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll we'll leave that there for now. But uh, I believe that is it. Right, Cody. Is there anything else you want to touch on, or any other teams you want to touch on before we move on here?
1: Uh, not, not really. I guess. Um <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. Uh, but no, I mean, but still, shout out and congratulations to your, you know, Sand Creek, Aspen, Northfield, Moffat County, Pagosa Springs, uh, Platte Valley. Um, those are teams that you know. If we do see them again, we won't be surprised, but probably also not contenders.
0: Um, Yes, and also we have – I'm I'm just going to throw this out there, man. We have been getting requests to cover certain teams and whatnot uh we may do that you know even when the season goes on we you know we might take a look at the roster how the season's going and we might do that i know Northfield has been requested uh bayfield has been requested i'm sure you know on this episode a lot more other teams like a Platte valley or you know some of these other squads we mentioned will be requested as well and so we're not going to close the door on that yet but you know also no guarantees so so yeah but uh let's uh you know what let's go ahead and take a break Uh, (laughs) because we have a lot of contenders. I'm just going to be honest. This 2A level is stacked with a lot of guys, a lot of teams that could uh, look to make some noise in these playoffs. And, you know, it's all valid. It's all valid at this point. So uh, coming up next, we're going to talk
1: contenders. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast, to the 2A 2021-2022 football preview for 2A here. And Simon and I, we got some contenders to talk about on this segment and i'm just gonna go ahead and jump straight in here and talk about the number two seed from last fall season sterling high school the alma mater of unc basketball great bodie hume shout out to bodie who is the i still think the single game blocks leader for a road game from that wyoming game isn't that the record that he set simon
0: uh yes i believe we're there also he is uh he is he is uh, considered one of the one of the homies of the podcast. Uh, shout out to Denelson Suarez, our our barber, who um, who I believe cuts his hair as well. So yeah.
1: Yeah. So um, shout out to Denelson and <laughs> uh, and Bodie there, you know. Uh, but anyways, back to Sterling, the Sterling Tigers varsity boys football program. Just gonna talk a little bit about some accomplishments accomplishments they had last year. They had the number five ranked defense last season which is something to like. And believe it or not, they beat Eaton last year in the second week, 14 to 10, as well as Platte Valley, who is a playoff team and before losing to Lamar in the opening round. So, you know, there's, there's some things that might've gone into that. I'm not fully particular um, with the story. You know, it could be some COVID things came up, right? We know that affected a lot of teams last year. Sprague even talked about it. Uh, for the lineman game. So there's some things that I'm not necessarily sure about. But definitely they, they underperformed. I'd say in last year's playoffs. With the team that they had. And you know was somebody who could have really made a run. At the championship. And I'm going to just talk about some things. That they are losing. They are losing their leading receiver. Tucker Myers. Who was, was an all-state receiver. As well as two all-state. Offensive linemen and defensive linemen. You know so those are all. Very tough losses to, to have as well as their sack leader, who is, um, Oh my gosh, I'm spacing on his name. Oh yeah. Uh, knob, I believe is how you say, it. Keaton knob, yeah, who Keaton is, Nob. who is an all state guy and, you know, played on both sides of the ball and as well as Brady Allbrandt you know, so they're losing and, and they're losing their top three defensive tacklers, which if you've been listening to some things that I talk about, that's that's a bit concerning uh Peyton Rose is the other guy on top of all and knob who they lost however hear me out hear me out they're returning eight of their top 13 tacklers and there's not as much of a drop-off here you know Evan Whitman here looks like somebody who could take a step up and you know Keaton actually has a younger brother Cole knob as well over there at Sterling Colorado who, you know, both of those guys got over 40 tackles, as well as Jackson Keel, I believe, is somebody who's going to make a lot of noise this year. And, you know, he was also really good on the offensive side of the ball with 299 yards and six TDs um, last year at the receiver position. So I think that, you know, you have some guys who, you know, a lot of these other teams, you know, they lose these seniors, and then you don't see stats on anybody else after there, right? There's a huge drop-off in stats and just snaps overall. However, I think that Sterling here, while they're they are losing, you know, some elite talent, I think that they have some guys in the wings. I think Sterling does a good job of being able to kind of reload from year to year. I think that this year will be no different. You know, they, you know, also have uh, Evan, who I believe could play a little bit of receiver and at the tailback position, you know, Jackson Keel, once again, he's kind of a do it all kind of running back and somebody who I think, you know. Could potentially potentially be one of those two A player of the years, if not him, then definitely their quarterback, who as a junior lit it up. That is Raiden, or my bad, Radic McCracken, who threw nine TDs and zero interceptions last year, um, which which is the best ratio in all of Colorado football, I believe, nine to zero right? You can't really beat a hundred percent. Uh,
0: I think Liam O'Brien didn't though. any picks last year and he had like 16 touchdowns. So, uh,
1: okay. So, so up there wrong, amongst be the best in the state for yeah, sure. For sure. Um, so you have him coming back and, you know, I think that the sky is the limit for, you know, this offense that definitely struggled in that opening game, you know, only scoring six points in the playoffs after previously, you know, being able to score, you know, well, better than six points, obviously in their previous games. And they went undefeated in the regular season. Granted this season, it's going to be a bit longer. So that gives, I think a bit more time to grow. And something that I will talk about with McCracken that needs to improve. And hopefully it worked over the off season is he only threw 45% completion percentage in the regular season. Um, But I think that, you know, with him not having to split snaps with Caden sheets, who, you know, also, who threw, like, twice as many pass attempts. I uh, I think that, you know, with less of a break, I'll say, or getting accustomed, you know, McCracken knows he's that guy. This is his team. This is his offense. And he knows that him and Jackson Keel are going to be running things that, you know, they're, they're, I, like their defense is going to be fine. Their defense is good basically every year. That's just how Sterling is. And, you know, I think that between Jackson Keel and, um, you know, uh, McCracken here that you, you have some dudes on offense who can maybe even perform a lot better this year with that experience underneath their belt. And, you know, just go out there and and win some football games. Simon, what are some of your thoughts on Sterling High School, if you have any?
0: Yeah, no, for sure. So um, they're they're uh, they're a very interesting team. I think the two players that stood out most to me, like you said, Cody is McCracken and Keel. I think they could be one of the deadliest duos in two A. If not the most deadly duo in two way, you know, uh, Rodrick McCracken, I was able to look at some of his game film here, you know, uh, he's a he's a pretty good quarterback. There are some things to really like here. Obviously, I didn't see uh, a lot of his uh, like the entirety of game film. Like from the entire season, you know, but there are a lot of things that I saw between his highlights and some uh, game film here that I just really liked, you know, obviously the stats, they speak for themselves, but he's a quarterback with a, with a very quick release, you know, no elongated releases, which uh, you've seen a couple here in Colorado and has plagued some quarterbacks here, but it's a very natural release and all that. And so you like to see that. And he has shown like there are flashes that he can throw the ball with touch, uh, specifically the play that comes to mind is this wheel route i want to say where you know he just anticipates the though because you know the the defense is bearing down on him but he just anticipates the throw very well aims for the corner of the end zone this is probably like a 30 40 yard throw and he puts it right on the money and it's very very good to see those kind of throws it shows that he has some big playability in him and so going into the, into this next year i'm actually very excited to watch him play along with Jackson Keel. Let me talk about Jackson Keel here for a minute here. Cause he's a very fun offensive player. Cody, you talked about him at running back uh, from the film. I watched, he it looked like he played a lot of wide receiver as well at six two, he has a very solid speed. And honestly, he's just somebody that creates with the ball in his hands. You know, a lot of the time watching this dude, they had him on a lot of screen passes. You know, he catch the ball, he'd have blockers in front of him and then he just create, you know, I think you mentioned he only had like, what, 300-ish receiving yards, just about. Is that right?
1: Yeah, he was one yard shy of 300, but he caught for six TDs. And I think you could also attribute that a little bit to just the playmaker that Tucker Myers was last year as well.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I'll be honest, looking at Jackson's film, I definitely question how accurate those stats were because there are multiple like, you know, 40-plus yard gains and stuff here. And so maybe those went towards his rushing yards and whatnot. But he created he, – he had a lot of yards for this team. And, you know, him coming in as the sole number one receiver, he's somebody that teams need to pay attention to. You can't just put this dude on an island because, you know, just to be completely honest, I don't know if there are many cornerbacks on this level that can go 1-on-1 with this 6-2 beast because, you know – his bread and but- butter is just getting the ball and making plays happen, you know, whether it's off screens, whether it's going deep and, you know, it's a jump ball situation. He's shown that he can catch some jump balls, not a lot, but he can, you know, or uh, slants or whatever, but he just creates. And so, he, you know, you need to bracket this dude. You have to have a corner on him. You have to have a safety keeping an eye on him because he's gonna be a problem for you if you don't shut him down. And so this duo here is uh, is a duo that I really look forward to watching and, you know, Speaking of big games this season, I did highlight a couple games for Sterling here uh, to open up the season, August 27th, (sighs) kind of a tough go. They play Resurrection Christian, who I'm going to talk about right after this. And so (laughs) that's that's definitely a, a little bit of a tough matchup. It's not an easy matchup. And then right after that, they play Eden on September 2nd, by the way, which is my birthday. And I'm just going to throw this out there right now if it truly is on September 2nd, because I know there are some scheduling conflicts here that I ran into looking at their schedules here. Uh, that's definitely a game that I will be going to in person. If we could get a crew out there as well, come with me. We'll do that. But uh, I'm just gonna throw this out there right now i'm definitely gonna try to make a point to come out to that eden sterling game get to see mccracken play get to see uh keel play and obviously this eden squad as well and so that's kind of a big one so already the uh, first two games you got two contenders <laughs> so they're it's a trial by fire for sterling you know they're gonna figure out if they're a good football team right away with these two teams if not grow from this experience which is important to keep in mind uh, then after that, you know, I felt like I needed to put this team on here. This is probably their next toughest team. The rest of these uh, teams, I would definitely favor Sterling. But they, they play Platte Valley. Uh, I want to say this is October 8th. Uh, I put Platte Valley on here because I feel like they're always pretty, uh, you know, they're, they're always a solid team. They're well coached. You know, I'll say that. They win games that they probably shouldn't win. Uh, and, you know, this is definitely a gotcha game. This is a trap game them I'll just be honest and uh, part of it is because they are returning their top two receivers in Meyer and uh Lauer I want to say and so that's definitely a game to keep in mind Platte Valley could have a sneaky good season here this is uh this is a squad that could make some noise and you know could upset some of these uh more talented teams that we are going to talk about on this segment if they are not careful because they've done it before they did it last year multiple times and they've done it in the past and so you can't just overlook Platte Valley. You just can't, you know. Obviously you can't look, overlook any team, but if anything that's a team that could definitely get them if they're not uh if they're not careful, even though that's a team that I'd probably favor them against. So, well, what do you think about those games though, Cody? Tell me what you think about those.
1: Well, obviously, you know, I i love that sterling gets to come straight out the gate and face off against resurrection christian and eaton who are both you know contenders for state i think that not only does that give you know i think sterling makes the playoffs basically no matter what okay that's kind of where i'm at with them uh but they might have to uh fight and you know the rpi is going to be kind to them with Resurrection Christian Eaton, not to mention Evergreen, which while we don't know what this new class of players looks like, we did breakdowns on a lot of players from there, including uh, Griffin Loritano, who was one of our top quarterbacks last year. Noah Martins, who is their running back, as well as Carter Casson. So, you know, Evergreen, they're going through a lot of changes, but they're a 3A school. So, you know, facing off against a 3A school, especially one that has been, you know, kind of a perennial playoff team in the past few years is going to help out there. So I'll shout out to Evergreen High School and, you know, especially Griffin Lauritano, um, who, you know, is still one of the most underrated prospects to probably ever come out of Colorado, especially the class of 21. Sign and then, him. Yes, please. Schools. He's, I'm pretty sure he's still available. And yes, you're, you you're missing be. out on, on a great talent. But, you know, anyway, so they got that going for them. You, like you said, Platte Valley, they're they're continuously a, you know, kit at least a, a perennial playoff team as well. And, you know, I even think Brush might be one to circle. Uh, I know that they're returning a lot of players, so they're hoping that experience kind of, like, flips them, you know, towards the, the correct direction, I guess. And Fort Lupton as well, who's always – has a lot of good offensive and defensive linemen at least like good size um out of that school. So, you know, you got a lot of things to look at there on that schedule, but I really like the schedule for Sterling because I think in order to be the best, you have to beat the best, right? Now, that doesn't necessarily mean the first time. However, I like the idea of, you know, Sterling who did be eaten last year, you know, They'll be able to see these teams up close, and so if they play them again, which I'm sure that they'll play one of these teams again in the playoffs, then I don't think they'll be caught as off guard as a Lamar who they didn't face last year and then face off in the opening round against you know, the 2A player of the year. So I like the fact that they get to see these teams and that the coaches and the players get to see them up close and personal. Where, you know, even if they lose, it's kind of a win for the long term goal, in my opinion, just because they they'll be more prepared the second time. I feel like Sterling is one of those teams that, you know, is going to be dang near impossible to beat twice in one season. You're going to want someone else to face them in the playoffs if you're Resurrection Christian and you you already beat them once or something like that.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, like like we say, um, once you get into the dance, anything could happen you know and i think that's a that's definitely an attitude a lot of these teams that will play tougher teams at the start will have in mind you know because it's hard to beat a team twice in a year you know it just is it really just is and so uh this is definitely a team that you got to look out for it's a team that might you know have some growing pains to start out but you know growing never hurt anybody right and so uh they might be uh poised to make a very good run once playoffs come around you know they could be a battle-hardened team which is uh which is a scary one to to look out for for sure
1: yeah absolutely
0: yeah but uh you know what let's uh let's kind of cody if you don't have anything else um to talk about here about sterling you know fantastic squad let's go ahead and talk about the squad that they are going to play first resurrection christian resurrection christian is one of the contenders that i have on the two-way level here in colorado um let me let me kind of set the stage here though let me let me talk about their history a little bit here because i think it's important to keep in mind so two years in a row these last two years they have come one game short of going to the state championship in both of those years they lost to the eventual champs in 2019 it was sterling in 2020 it was eden And so that's a hard pill to swallow. Let's just be real. That's a very hard pill to swallow two years in a row. And so if there is any year to do it, to make that run to state, to win it, especially because I feel like they were definitely a squad that feels like they could contend with a Sterling and an Eden in both of those years and then eventually beat whoever was in front of them. I feel like this year would be the year for them. This might be... um, I don't know this just might be a team of destiny type of deal i just kind of have a feeling about it you know but you got to keep this in mind as well this is more or less a last chance effort for them i don't know if this is a squad that can even make it back to the playoffs or contend the same way that they can this year uh a year from now you know because they will just be losing a lot so there you go. Let me talk about some of the players that they are losing. We talked about it briefly. Uh, so I'll mention it briefly again, basically losing their entire linebacking core, including Tanner Appleby, who was a beast also was their lead running back. And so that's kind of a hard thing to, uh, to a place. And so I'm just going to be real. You know, I Cody, you know, you be feel free to, Feel free to, I guess, dispute me on this, but I feel like Resurrection Christian is more of a defensive school than offensive school. Would you say that?
1: I mean, when you have, what is it, um, four All-State linebackers, um, I definitely think that makes you somewhat of a defensive school. Um, Don't get me wrong. They had talent on the offensive side of the ball, but I think it was a lot more... Uh, what's the word of like focused than the defensive side of the ball where they were just kind of stacked everywhere. If that makes sense. Like on offense, yeah. they have a couple of dudes, but on defense, it you can't, like they got dudes everywhere on defense is, is kind of the way I looked at it. And, you know, they were just a really rowdy team that, you know, made a lot of plays in the backfield uh, last year and a lot of plays in the secondary as well. So, yeah, I definitely would say they're a defensive school first, and then you know, they they kind of play really aggressive defense, and then you know, their offense just you know steers the steers the boat in the right direction, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no the defense sure. makes the
1: waves and the offense rides them.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, here's the thing. This season you can't do that. <laughs> like, I'm just gonna be honest. You're they're losing a lot of talent, you know, and I, I'm gonna be honest uh just on paper looking at this team defensively yeah i don't know there's a lot there's a lot of ground that they're gonna have to make up i'm gonna just go ahead and trust the coaches you know they'll figure that out they'll get them to joe and all that and the defense will be somewhat all right you know But for this team to truly succeed, at least in my opinion, I think they're going to have to rely on their offense because on paper, this is an offense that can potentially be the most dangerous offense in all of two way. Uh, Maybe even one of the most dangerous offenses in the state, to be completely honest with you. And here's why, you know, they're led by one of their best athletes on their team, Eddie Lemos. He is a senior this year. Actually, all the players I'm going to talk about will be seniors this year. So class of 22 plays wide receiver and safety last year not only was he the lead receiver on the team but he was also the lead uh, the lead uh player in interceptions he had six last year he had seven the previous year and then three his freshman year and so he's kind of a beast at db you know he's probably somebody that uh i'm not even gonna lie should be getting some d1 and d2 looks uh just because he's just a fantastic safety he's gonna hold it down for them on the back end you could kind of live with that i'm just gonna be honest you could kind of live with that uh when you are losing so many defensive players so there you go but i I like him a little bit more on offense, just because he's just a dynamic athlete. He's for sure somebody on this team that could be a 1,000 yard kind of receiver. You know, snag maybe six or seven interceptions on the other side and have 10 touchdowns at least, if not 15. More realistically, uh, just because he's just a great receiver. You know, he's a tall guy with a good speed and agility, explosive. You know, he's somebody that teams will for sure. Um, just like Jackson Keel, they need to double team, if not triple team, this dude, because in my opinion, he's probably a better athlete than Jackson Keel. And so uh, you got to you gotta put bodies on this dude or he's going to make plays. And he has shown even in the past when they do put bodies on him, he still makes plays. And so make no mistake, he will be leading the charge for this resurrection Christian squad uh, as just one of the best players, period on this team and so you know when you have a two-way player of the year candidate on your squad it's very hard to not pick at least you know pick them to be a contender to win state or go to state so there you go the next guy that i like a lot is their quarterback he will be a senior this year so class of 22 uh will schroden Schrodenborg? i think that's how you say it
1: schroden um, That looks right to
0: me. Yeah, that that looks, you know, phonetically right. If I'm saying it wrong and we sound like a bunch of idiots, uh, Will, you are very welcome onto the show, uh, because this guy's a stud quarterback, we'll just be honest, you know, this last season, um, his full year, his first four year as a starter, by the way, he had a 16 touchdown to 16, or sorry, a 16 touchdown to 6 interception ratio, uh, that's pretty solid, you know, he has easily one of the strongest arms of the state, just by looking at the film, and honestly, with the refinement on this level, he can be the best quarterback in the state, Period. I'm not just talking 2A, 3A, 4A, 5A. He could be one of the best quarterbacks of this period, you know. Uh, he's a um, very underrated quarterback, very underrated prospect, which is kind of surprising here. And so, honestly... He's somebody who can leapfrog a lot of quarterbacks on the three A, four A, five A level, even one A level as well, and be the best quarterback in the state. There are some uh, skills here that I really like about him. He just has such a powerful arm. You know, he has great ball placement as well. And so, uh, if he takes that next step forward, because you know, you gotta keep in mind. Resurrection Christian is losing so many weapons on the defensive side of the ball. He will be key in how successful this team will do by being a fantastic quarterback on offense. I really do think he's somebody who could just be a dynamic quarterback on offense, prove that he is one of the best in the state, if not the best in the state and lead this team to honestly, not only a productive season offensively, but a state championship. He looks like a state championship quarterback. I'm just going to be real with you uh, with this skill and with how he plays. And with a guy like Lemos that you are throwing to, oh my God, <laughs> you know, even without Lemos, he would have been good, but it's they're going to be something, you know, and we really don't know, at least in my opinion, I don't know what kind of players they have coming up that were uh, underclassmen last year, but you got to think that one of them got to step up, right? If Lemos is getting doubled and triple team, like you're, yeah, you know what I mean? Like you got to be able to do something there. I so, am
1: looking, I am looking to Kate Dunlap to make noise, both running and catching out of the backfield. If this resurrection Christian team wants to make some noise this year, he averaged just a little over four and a half yards per carry on limited action last year. Well, I shouldn't say limited action. He was like he had the second most carries, um, and was a bit of a complimentary back to this very pass heavy offense. But I think that he's going to have to expand his game and help out catching out of the backfield, uh, to take some of that pressure off of Lemos. And you know the five seniors uh, from last year who were ahead of him in receptions and yards.
0: Absolutely, and this is actually a guy that I have on my list as well. Um, yet another senior, and here's the interesting thing about him: so his sophomore year, he was pretty productive. He had seven rushing touchdowns last year. He went down to one, and so I I don't know. I tried to do a little bit of digging here. I think there might have been some injury issues. Um, And unfortunately, not like minor injury issues. It kind of seemed like some of the issues he was going through were a little serious. And so I'm just going to go ahead and hope, you know, another year has gone by. He has gotten stronger. He has rehabbed. He is in a very good spot where he can be uh, virtually an every down back because he's a speedy running back. You know, he's a shifty running back that could make a lot happen out of nothing. He's a home run hitter when healthy. And so... I, I think, you know, I talked about Will here uh, being the quarterback. Obviously, I think he's going to be a huge piece in making this team go. But I think for this team to make it over the hump, to make it over that, you know, one game away hump, they need Cade Dunlap to step up, period. You know, he needs to be able to uh, be a threat on the ground first off, you know, and then naturally, I think as a receiver, he will step up. And if he can do that, you know. Uh, all of a sudden you see resurrection christian with a big three on offense you know you got lemos and troden boar there uh, along with dunlap this is a squad that could be okay if they are coached right i should say as in you know if they run more of a spread type of deal this is a squad that could be very dangerous i don't see a lot of teams being able to match their offensive power um just and talent you know And, you know, obviously the defense, they'll come along eventually. And, you know, who knows? This could be a top five, top 10 defense come playoff time. Uh, You never know. Gelling, it takes some time and they'll have plenty of time here. But, uh, you know, come playoff time, this could be a very dangerous team. This could be a number one offense in the in the state kind of team, along with a very solid defense. And so it's very hard for me to not pick them as a contender. Uh, just being straight up honest. And, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and hop into some of these big games this season. And Cody, you could react to these as well. Uh, you know, they got Sterling opening up August 27th. That's a tough squad as well. You know, we have uh, uh, a team with some offensive power of their own as well. And so that could be a fun one. And then they kind of have some time, you know, September 24th is 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 the next big game for them and it's a it's an out of conference game against Holy Family. Ooh,
1: man. Holy Family's oh. a 3A school, I believe yes. by the way, yeah.
0: And probably well okay, I don't want to spoil it, but they were a contender last year. They are a very tough school. Um they always are, you know, and so that's They uh, always
1: got big linemen. So that's yeah. good practice before an Eaton game.
0: Yes, that's as close as to an Eaton game as you could get without playing Eden if I'm being completely honest maybe even a little bit more because I know they got that boy out there uh Jacob Lover, Lover. I want to say he's DM'd us a lot he is a three-star safety two-star safety for them and so uh, you know combined with their natural uh, size up front uh they're they're gonna have their hands full and so I wouldn't be surprised if they drop that game but if they win that game ooh, here we go you got Eden october 15th i want to say and so that's a that's a big one and actually when we get to the eden schedule we'll talk about that because i think there might be a scheduling conflict because currently, yeah, i as it stands, here too yeah it's like the they're game. eden would be playing a back-to-back or wait no they it's it's on the same yeah i don't know there's a scheduling conflict there either way they're gonna play Eden eventually that's the game you know um and so they got some challenges here cody what do you think about this resurrection christian squad and uh their schedule
1: yeah so this uh resurrection squad i didn't even know about the uh k dunlap injury so that's good to know and also you know uh, an obstacle to overcome i do think this defense will come around though you know you have justin hawthorne there who had 10 tackles for loss last season you have uh Lemos, who also does the most in the secondary. And then there's an intriguing freshman in Will Reeves, who, you know, racked up 35 tackles, including seven for loss last year. So, you know, you have some guy, some dudes who got some quality snaps last year, I believe. And uh, I don't know if you noticed this as well, but uh, I'm assuming there's some relation. But there's a Grant Appleby here who will be a sophomore. And um, I I am assuming that it is Tanner's brother. You know, I haven't met a lot of Applebees in my life, but if he if he grows and develops and is, has the work ethic and physicality that's even half of his brother's, then you know you'll have a stud there on the de- on the defensive side of the ball. Maybe not somebody who makes like all state right away, but somebody who c- you can rely on and throw in there to run the scheme and something that's been familiar familiarized within that Applebee household. So. You know you you have some people that can step up on defense and then you know like you said you have this great quarterback on the offensive side of the ball who had to be amongst the leaders in passing yards at the 2a level last year i mean you look at a lot of these other quarterbacks for these contending teams and they, they don't even break a thousand that often if at all um so the fact that you yeah. know he he threw for so much and he averages 15 yards a throw and you have lemos coming back like their chemistry is only going to get stronger, I believe, and the, you know, then and there is where someone needs to step up. If they can have a number two on this team, so that you know, if you just bracket Limos and then that seals their offense, then this team doesn't get very far. But someone steps up. They have a lot of young guys there. Their school that you know has shown that they can, they have some talent. They can develop some you know really physical players. And they can make someone in the backfield, whether it's Dunlap or someone else, you know, a physical kind of punishing back. Well, I guess not really Dunlap being the, the speedster that he is, but if they can get, you know, one of those linebackers to play on both sides of the ball and be physical kind of in the same way that, you know, a Tanner Appleby was. Then this is a team that can make a deep run in the playoffs. And you want a running back uh, come playoff time, you know, when it starts to get cold in Colorado and you know, it, it may snow later in the year. You don't wanna be only reliant on your passing game uh for wins as it starts to get colder. So, you know, if they do find themselves a running back who can take care of the rock and, you know, more than anything, protect the ball and move the sticks, this is a team that could go very far come playoff time.
0: Oh, absolutely. And man, I mean we gotta talk about the backstory though. Cody, what do you what do you think about uh resurrection christian's little uh villain backstory here losing one game short two years in a row to the eventual state champs in a bunch of close games that's uh there's gotta be that's a lot of motivation to have you know what what more do you need you know
1: either it fuels them or it deflates them i gotta be honest um you know think thinking about how how close you can be and trying to bite off more than you could chew i don't know if that's a testament to you know, just bad luck or if this is a coaching staff that maybe can't get it done in the playoffs. So, but I guess the easiest way to find out is if they do it for a third year in a row, then well, that's the reputation you have as a program then. Um, But if they're able to figure it out and put together a squad, you know, they have the story lined up, they have the motivation, they know how, or I guess, what it feels like to be that close, they have their quarterback returning, and you know they have Lemos and those two guys are hungry and are they gonna get these younger guys with the program I guess more than anything as kind of your player leaders on the field because you know coaching obviously very important and crucial to winning state championship but what do your players do for your players and what is that kind of uh, teammate camaraderie and locker room you know encouragement and uh, accountability look like as well Uh, are You know, is Lemos going to be able to step up and be the leader that, you know, kind of an Appleby was? Because I did hear a lot of good things about Tanner as far as, you know, being a leader on both sides of the ball. And is uh, Schrotenborg going to be able to do the same thing, you know, at the quarterback position? So that is, you know, something else that we'll kind of be able to tell based off of how they do this year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. So uh, I guess we'll just have to see. But uh, this is a very exciting team at the very least this is a very exciting team to watch and uh you know keep an eye out for they they can make a lot of noise right off the uh, right out the gate to be honest with you um and then maintain that throughout the season and so you know the hype will be there the motivation is there I, in my opinion the talent is there and so at the end of the day we just gotta play ball so so yeah but uh, i think that's all i really have to say about resurrection christian cody do you have one more contender here that you uh, want to mention here
1: yeah, absolutely. So I am going to be talking about Basalt High School. Basalt High School, my bad. And if you're familiar, they were the number three seed in the spring 3A playoffs. And they were upset by Sand Creek in the opening round, 27-22. to 22. However, something that I think is important to bring up here when talking about Basalt and some of the things that they accomplished this last year is that they did beat Rifle pretty good actually uh in the third game of the season they won 38 to 7 against you know the eventual state champions granted this was during the regular season i'm not sure of the entire story but not just anyone could do that you know they didn't just beat rifle they smacked rifle pretty good and then they lost a really close game to glenwood springs who like we mentioned earlier is an actual 3a team and you know was the number one seed heading into those spring 3a playoffs So, you know, they they were able to accomplish a lot of good things this past year. And, you know, they are losing some talent here. I will say that losing their All-State quarterback, Matty Gillis, is kind of tough, as well as losing uh, Rube Alvarado, I believe is how you say that, who was actually such a dog athlete who led them in interceptions, receiving yards, receiving touchdowns as well as punt return yards, so you're losing a lot of firepower, especially on the offensive side of the ball, by losing those two guys. However, you know, I think that, being completely honest with you, if you can't find a quarterback that can, you know, throw a touchdown a game and only throw an interception every other game, it might be more of a testament on just, like, you're coaching. So I think that they'll be able to maybe not completely fill Maddie Gellis's shoes here, but I think that they'll be able to find someone. And more importantly, they have weapons on the offensive side coming back, including Gavin Webb, who ran for 11 TDs and 774 yards last year. He was actually their leading rusher. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, he's going to continue to be an impactful player for this basalt team. And they also return Trevin Beckman, who is going to be a junior this year, who himself ran for 309 yards on six and a half yards per carry. So you have kind of a one two punch out of the backfield. And then your second leading receiver in Sam Sherry coming back, who was an All State honorable mention for them. He caught for 180 yards and three touchdowns. So I think that, you know, he'll be able to kind of fill the shoes of uh, Alvarado, tripping over my tongue here, Uh, be able to fill the shoes of Alvarado and all these guys. Well, I I guess I should emphasize Sam Sherry, who was really good on the defensive side of the ball, um, who, who had two pass deflections and two fumble recoveries and led the team in tackles actually. So that's another reason why Sam Sherry, you know, could be a huge return for these guys. On top of that, you know, he has a little bit of punt returning experience here. So I assume that he'll try and fill those shoes of Alvarado and just, quote unquote, will be the next Alvarado, in my opinion. It's just up to who they can find at that quarterback position and kind of what happens from there. Simon, they're also, I might add, returning their second interception leader in Ryan Garcia. So they have a lot of returning talent on both sides of the ball. I think they have chemistry in all of the right places to really make a run here. So what are your thoughts here on Basalt? and does losing Maddie Gillis take this team out of contention? It's kind of the, the <sighs> ultimate question here,
0: right? Yeah, I, uh, I don't think it takes them out of contention because uh, they still have a very good team, like all together, you know? Um, I mean, I don't know. I'm just going to be completely honest. My biggest concern is quarterback, you know, because uh, not only for, you know, the stats and whatnot. Obviously, you want to have a good quarterback that could put up stats and help out his teammates and whatnot. But you want a quarterback that could lead Uh, because, you know, there are a couple players here that are very good. But you know what? Like, who could you point to? That's the, you know, that's the absolute leader. And when things get tough can be like, hey, you know, put it on my back or, hey, we got this. Let's roll, you know. And so I think losing an emotional leader is always a big deal. I, in my opinion, in my opinion, quarterback is o- almost always an emotional leader. You know, it's uh, it's somebody even if they're not emotional themselves, losing them is an emotional deal. And so that's kind of the thing I want to see here. Uh, you know, you can't you can't, I guess, not. Uh, mentioned that 38 to 7 beating that they put on rifle early in the season and sure you know maybe you could say oh it was early in the season Uh, rifle was still uh gelling under their new head coach and whatnot but you know a win's a win um you know they've had some solid wins last year and unfortunately just came a little short to sand creek in that opening round here and so You know it is what it is but you know definitely a team to look out for uh they have a very interesting schedule here cody do you want to talk about that
1: yeah absolutely so on this basalt schedule the interesting is a good word for it isn't it uh where they do play some some serious talent especially down the stretch so they open up the season against woodland park uh, I just know that we've been mentioning the opening games, but here I'm circling, you know, you have Moffitt County who was a playoff team last year. And I'm circling Delta, who, you know, we talked about in the last segment as a team that could sneak into the playoffs and, you know, has a quarterback, an athlete, an athlete in general, in um, in Scornhorst returning for them. And then they also play Rifle once again, and then Aspen. To end the season so they have kind of a tough stretch to end the season and this will be the stretch that makes or breaks this team i say you know if they come out of this stretch undefeated then they look like the red hot picks for a championship run and then from there you know it, it's up to you know will they be able to beat teams through the air and will their defense be able to hold up against some of these other 2a teams and i think that they i think that they can uh they've been around the block quite a few times you know they were in semifinals in 2019 i believe they lost to delta actually um or maybe it was the quarterfinals but they they lost to delta in the playoffs a couple years ago so they're very familiar with delta and i think that you know seeing how they do against delta will be a good testament on you know are they ready to take that next step and contend for an actual championship here
0: Yeah, no, absolutely, and I'm going to throw out this team here as well, Uh, Glenwood Springs. I know they are a uh, 3A team. Is that right, Cody?
1: They're a 3A team? I believe so. Yeah, yeah, Glenwood Springs is a 3A team,
0: Yeah, and they
1: were were a dog in the uh, spring playoffs as well.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. They were a squad, um, a pretty young squad at that, actually. Their quarterback was a freshman last year, but he did a very solid job over there for them, and so um joaquin sandoval that's a name that we are keeping an eye on probably i don't know how great of a of a, of a team they are but you know that's definitely a squad that they're gonna need to they can't overlook anyways because they're a 3a team and you know they're a very good team um uh, also running back oh my gosh i'm gonna totally butcher this i feel but i think it's Nice. oh my gosh nice lennox um either way he ran for like a thousand yards last year during a shortened COVID season um gave rifle actually a lot of fits a lot of fits which is another very good team that we're going to talk about here later but uh that's definitely a team that you can't look over that would be kind of a nice little uh you know, a nice little test before you hit the meat of your schedule here at the end here. But you're right, Cody, if they do get it going here, you know, get the ball rolling and the momentum is there. This could be a very formidable opponent, you know, just with all that momentum going into the playoffs, um, you know, going into the playoffs, it's not hard to see that uh, they go in there and try to smack the first person right in front of them because they would be very much uh, battle hardened by that point.
1: Yeah, it's all about, uh, getting the ball rolling and being hot at the right time and you know i think speaking of that speaking of a team that caught fire and got on an absolute roll is you're defending well i guess you know even they're a 2a team they won the 3a spring championship and so simon you want to talk us about rifle and why they're still a contender heading into this fall season
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And so we kind of talked about them a lot. Um, So I I won't like, (laughs) I won't like repeat a lot of those things. Obviously, they have head coach Todd Casabir. We talked about this last week on that 1A preview, but, you know, teams that are returning a lot of players that just played in the spring have all that momentum and are, uh, how should I say this, are pretty much you know, they've been game ready for a minute or they have been game ready sooner than teams that played in the fall are dangerous, you know, and rifle is exactly that. Uh, In my opinion, they're due for, they have kind of the perfect storm kind of going for them right here. Obviously you have their coach. He is going to have a much longer or maybe not that much longer of an off season, but he'll have a couple months here. And then, you know, they're returning a lot of the same players going into this next season, ready to defend their title and uh, make another run here. And, you know, uh, I'm very excited for them. I got to look at a couple players here and uh, watching that game, obviously, and then looking at their film. But I think quarterback, their senior quarterback, by the way, so class of 2022, Trey Caldwell. He'll be a very... Very big piece of this team. You know, we talked about emotional leaders. I feel like he is an emotional leader for this team. He does play quarterback. He could potentially take another step forward and be even more of a big contributor for this offense. That is a run-heavy offense. You know, they run a lot of option, split-back type of deals there. And so they run the ball a lot. They pound the ball a ton. And so... You know obviously Trey Caldwell could run the ball, but I you know he showed some very, very good flashes of passing. They actually opened up the game against t c a with some very very big time play action passes, which you know there weren't like like you know a million of them, but they called them when they needed to. they set up t c a and they did it, and so i uh, I'm kind of looking at that, and I'm like, okay, well, going into this next season. You know, maybe Trey Caldwell takes that Johnny Columbia step. Maybe he becomes a better passer, much like him. And, you know, having that improvement going into this next season, plus the momentum you already have, that's big. You know, his leadership will be unmatched for this team. And, you know, that's kind of I don't know if you are going to lose players, you know, you could lose a lot of players. But losing a quarterback is always going to hurt a lot. But they are keeping this dude. And so that's big time. The other one, uh, another player that I'm really excited for, I think he will probably be the the leading man on the squad is uh, senior running back Toto Fletchell. We mentioned him before. Obviously, they are losing Embry Marantino and Caden Wolf, uh, both guys who, um, you know, who who turned up and they got their rushing yards. Embry had 552 uh, rushing yards and five touchdowns, Caden had 600 rushing yards and whatnot and so it's gonna be hard to replace some of that but at least you are returning one of those backs in Toto fletchel who was the lead rusher of this squad despite it being a you know running back by committee type of situation with two other guys but he's gonna be the prime workhorse moving forward and probably you know the biggest key piece of this offense that is coming back and so the offense will be centered around him and you know other teams are gonna have to Uh, just honestly, they're going to have to scheme on how to stop this dude because, you know, he he showed that he could play last year, got another year under his belt. He's going to be able to play and do well this year. And so that's definitely somebody that uh, will kind of continue on that tradition that, well, new tradition that they have at Rifle, having tough running backs that, you know, kind of carry that offense and, you know, are very, um, you know, steady, uh, good pace running backs to have on your squad. And then, this other player that I kind of have in mind, he's a little bit of a wild card because they are a running offense. But it's a wide receiver and he will be a junior this next year. So class of 23. And that's wide out Cade Bishop at 6'2", 190 pounds last year. in a run, he was in a run heavy offense. But, you know, he uh, he made some big plays in that TCA game. He showed that he can be a, you know, a, a lead receiver. On this team, and you know, definitely a receiving threat. I think in one on ones, he is very dangerous. And honestly, look, with the type of defense that you'll have to play, you're gonna have to stack the box, which means most likely Cade Bishop here is gonna get a lot of one on one situations. And you know, at 6'2, 190, ooh, wee, he was a big body that made a lot of big plays. He could catch the ball, obviously. Uh, He's a jump ball dude, very physical, wide receiver. And, you know, he could be potentially one of the best receivers in the entire state if he puts in the work. And, you know, if they are down big in any games, as in, you know, they're down by two or three scores, Cade Bishop is kind of that guy that you can look to to be like, all right, you know, if I'm Trey Caldwell, I'm looking at Cade over there. And I'm like, yo, you know, catch this ball, catch this missile I'm about to throw to you um, because we need it. We need like a 30, 40 yard gain right now. And so I think he can be that dude. And so um, as a sophomore last year, made some noise. This year, I think he can take a significant step forward. He's somebody that I don't think a lot of teams are really talking about here, uh, but they should. You know, they really should. And then last but not least, uh, I gotta shout out these guys because they were key in their season last year. They really came together. But uh, Rifles' entire offensive line, <laughs> everyone that's gonna start for them, because basically they are returning pretty much the same offensive line who performed extremely well last year. This is a squad that may not have the size on paper, you know, but. They are relentless, and they are punishing hitters, and they know the role they need to play. They grinded up a lot of teams they played last year, and, you know, their championship was basically built on this offensive line. I'm going to be honest, as great athletes as Embry was and as Toto uh, is right now, you know, and as Caden Wolf was, you know, as well, this offensive line cleared the way. For these three running backs just looking through their film they're just physical they're beating up teams and you know they they know what role they play and they play it extremely well and so to have basically the this entire line coming back is huge because you are basically returning the identity of this offense which lies in the trenches with this tough rifle line, which will also control the defensive side of the ball, too. Um, you can only assume. Right. And so uh, with all that being said, Cody, what do you think about this rifle team here before we talk about their schedule uh, this next season?
1: Yeah. So, you know, they, they do lose some some people on defense as well. I wanted to talk about uh, Bryce Rowley, who was the leader in tackles for loss, and he also had eight sacks last year this rifle team so that's always uh, a tough loss as well as uh, josh straw um who, who played on both sides of the ball and was the second team all-state guy you know th- those are some other losses that kind of hurt and you know like you talked about Embry, so toto fletchel i'm pretty sure had the most yards out of any of the running backs that were on this team but uh, we, we talked about this this coach before and his scheme especially over at Castleview is to run the ball and you know it helps to have a committee when you run the ball as much as you do so I'm not concerned about Toto Fletchell as much as I'm looking for whoever that next guy kind of is you know what I'm saying so what we have to look to see who that next guy is gonna be especially when you lose someone like a Embry Marantino who ran 28 times in the state championship um, that's just really hard production to kind of like stumble across, I guess. You know, they they have they have a Gavin Peterson who, you know, also played a little bit of quarterback. Um, but if he's able to focus full time on on running the football, then maybe he could be pretty useful back there running for over five yards carry. And then uh Peyton Prettyman pretty yeah, his last name's Prettyman. Um, who also ran for over nine yards per carry. Didn't didn't get a lot of carries kind of in the same boat that Peterson is compared to uh, Kaden Wolf and Marantino and Fletcher and all, but you know that there is room and there are potential athletes to step in and fill that void and keep this team, you know, as far as their um, rhythm goes, keep them in their that rhythm of running the ball and pounding the rock. So you know you have those players who are coming back and you know can, can contribute in the backfield. And I really like what you had to say about, you know, um, Trey. Caldwell here, uh, at, at the quarterback position, I think another year in a, in a scheme with, you know, that's, that's primarily run heavy, right? So you get a lot of opportunities in the play action game, which, you know, if a defense is so worried about you running the ball, you should have a lot easier of reads to make. I think that Fletchell could take a major step forward this year and, you know, just learning to take what Wait, the defense Caldwell?
0: Can... did you mean? Caldwell, you said what Fletchell. Was...
1: Oh, I, I, my bad. Caldwell. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, they both start with T. They both start with T. But Caldwell here at the quarterback position can make big strides here, especially if he just learns to take what the defense gives you. Then, you know, I think that as weird as it sounds, when you take what the defense gives you, the sky becomes the limit because you're not making mistakes. You're not turning the ball over. And, you know, the longer that you get to stay on the field and just let these playmakers make plays in space. You know, you you talked about Cade out there uh, at the receiver position. And you know some of these other guys in the backfield who can also catch you know it looks like gavin peterson made a couple of receptions last year you you have these guys who can make plays for you so just let them make plays
0: yeah no absolutely and and And
1: yeah yeah no for sure and honestly
0: you know just looking at Castleview's offense, uh, it's very obvious that um, it's basically the same thing that Rifle ran, and but yeah, a little bit more basic this last spring, I would say, because obviously you have a lot of ground to make up for, right? But you know, I look at Trey Caldwell, and, um, and I, look, I think he's a little bit of a better athlete. He could run the ball a lot better, uh, passing wise. You know, there's the difference, right, Johnny? Uh, even though he was in a very run-heavy offense. He was honestly somebody who was an excellent quarterback, you know, didn't get the chance to throw the ball a lot. But when he did, he was fantastic. And, you know, obviously on the on the 5A, 4A level, you know, you know, there's only so far that could take you when you're going up against like a Cherry Creek. You know, who could blitz everyone and then have two lockdown corners and a safety, <laughs> you know, or a Valor Christian and whatnot, who are always good or any of the Centennial League teams, to be completely honest with you. So that's always tough. And so on that level, it may not work as great. It still work to a degree. On this level, that could be winning football. You know, that's their bread and butter. They actually already showed it's winning football because they are the defending state champs. So you can't you can't just be like, oh, I don't know. You know, because they're they're a very good squad here, um, no doubt about that. And I think, you know, they could they could be even more explosive on this level, on this two A level that don't have you know as many of those fantastic players um and you know this isn't a slide or anything but as many of those great players as you saw on that five a level and so i don't know i'm feeling really good about it they're not like a flashy team they're just not you know they run the ball they play great defense but they're a team that gets it done
1: and, i mean you know, it, that you sounds go. like it'll work into a football and uh how will it work against this schedule that they have simon
0: Yeah, so if I'm being completely honest, out of all the teams that we've talked about so far and probably, you know, we'll talk about uh, upcoming here, they probably have the easiest schedule. There are a couple of teams to look out for. You know, you have uh, Palisade. They they were a solid team last year, not like a contender. They'll probably, uh, you know, they'll probably sneak into the playoffs for sure. And so play them on uh, August 27th, their home opener. They play Glenwood Springs, which... I think it's probably their biggest game, their most challenging game. And it'll be very telling how that'll go because the last year, um, they played two games, one in the regular season, one in the playoffs. They lost the one in the regular season, um, in the playoffs, they won in overtime. And in each of those games, they were one score games. I'm talking like less than a touchdown. And so... You know, there's probably a mental thing when it comes to playing Glenwood Springs as well. Low key, this might be a little, you know, a little rivalry building up here Uh, if you watch these two play you know obviously Glenwood Springs is not a 2A team they are a 3A team and so uh, I I like it I like the rivalry here that's gonna be a really fun game to watch to be honest with you like I said you have Joaquin Sandoval you have the running back who ran for like a thousand yards in a COVID year which is wild because almost no running back did that uh, in the spring season last year and so you know that's a that's probably their toughest game and then you know uh i think kind of kind of really late in the season they play uh oh my god is
1: it you said is it basalt right that's what we want
0: yeah basalt uh october 22nd and you know
1: and delta right after that too
0: yeah and then delta right after that and so I I wouldn't exactly... Like, I'm just going to be honest. I like Rifle more than Basalt at this point. I think Basalt is a team that they could definitely beat. Um... Maybe, you know, some things get out of hand here and there, but I really do feel like they should beat Basalt and they probably should beat Delta if they control the game. And, you know, really, I guess it just always comes down to that. Can they control the game, the line of scrimmage, all that, uh, control that game clock and all that? Uh, I think those are things that will always be, you know, part of their brand of football. But I'm just going to be honest, you know, returning this many players, especially their quarterback and their lead running back, I'm going to be real for Coach uh, Kastabir here. Like I said, multi-time coach of the year. Uh, It's it's hard to bet against them at this point. You know, they know what they got to do. You know, they're very well coached. They showed that in the TCA game. They do well under pressure. They had one year where they kind of had to get it all together. And, you know, granted, some may argue like, well, you know, it was the first year. It was COVID. They're playing in the spring season. You know, the stakes weren't as high. You know but arguably they were you know they're pretty high because come spring season you know I definitely remember a lot of teams feeling like hey it's kind of even right now some teams that haven't won state before could win it right now including rifle and so there was definitely pressure there you can't say there wasn't you know and so going to this next year obviously they have the target on their back they are the state champs but They know what they got to do. They've been in a state championship game before, sooner than any other team on this list that we've talked about, and maybe that we'll ever talk about uh, going forward here with 3A, 4A, and 5A football, you know. This is the team that already has momentum going for them, going into their season opener on August 27th. Their last game was in May, just a couple months ago. So they are battle-hardened going into the season, in my opinion, and they are battle-ready. This is an exciting squad to look out for, not because they're fun to watch, uh, just keeping that in mind, but they're going to do their job right. Very much, uh, you know, Patriot way type of deal, like just do your job and it'll be all good, right? So there you go. What do you think about that, though, Cody, their uh, schedule here? And then, uh, you know, just them in general.
1: Well, I like him as a contender. I really do. You know, there's there's holes that that came up, but I think there's possibilities for them to be filled, which is obviously one of the most important things to talk about. I talked about it a lot with Sterling. Um, you know, is seeing kind of the proof of those guys who are behind, and at least knowing that they're somewhat capable of being able to step up. Will they step up to the same level? Is you know arguably the biggest question. And then you know. How will the rest of 2A react to A, you know, knowing what rifle is about and getting used to that kind of style of football where it's run, 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 punt, run, 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 punt, run, run, pass, run, 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 touchdown, run, touchdown? You know, it's kind of the Liam Hughes playbook. Um, Shout out to Touchdown, uh,
0: touchdown, uh, touchdown Touchdown, touchdown, (laughs) touchdown touchdown,
1: touchdown. (laughs) Shout out to one of the greatest uh, (laughs) Rants of all time from Liam Hughes Who's, you know, uh, on quite a few episodes But anyways, you know uh, Will they get used to that? And what will facing all of 2A In the playoffs be like too? You know That is something to kind of talk about with the spring versus fall seasons happening in the past. What happens when you bring all of these teams together? Will they be able to get it done against some of these fall teams? And will some of these fall teams be able to get it done against some of these spring teams is really important. And something that I'm kind of eager to watch because (laughs) I can tell you right now, there's some teams that are not gonna be in the playoffs who are in the spring playoffs. Um, And there are gonna be some teams that won't be in the playoffs who are in the fall playoffs across all conferences, across all conferences. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But honestly, I really like the pick as far as the contender. And, you know, talking about just these four teams, it's, you know, there's a lot of competition on this 2A level. I think that it's not as clear cut as maybe 1A was. Um, just, you know, you have different size of school, obviously. So different amounts of talent coming in and just different parts of the state um, to consider here. But with all that being said, I think that, Coming up on the next segment, Simon and I are going to talk about another contender, this time one that we, you know, mutually agree on as far as thinking that, you know, we wouldn't be surprised if they were in the championship game coming up. Yes. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner podcast. I am your host, Cody Stoffer, and we are going to be talking a mutual contender that Simon and I agree on. And that is the Classical Academy, otherwise referred to as TCA, Simon's alma mater. We already talked about him a little bit earlier and some questionable decisions. And if you missed that, well, they were the runner-ups in the 3A Spring Playoffs to Rifle, who we just talked about in the last segment. And there's a lot to like here. And so I'm going to just kind of recap how last year went. And then talk about you know some people who are returning and just kind of get into it. So last year uh, they smoked everyone basically. Well, until rifle. Um, their closest game was a 26 point win over Sand Creek in the semifinals in the playoffs. Other than that, they beat every other team by 40 points, except for the Academy, who they beat 41 to 12. This included a drubbing of the eighth seed Northfield, 42 to nothing. 62 to 7 win over Littleton <laughs> I just <laughs> it's really on brand for Littleton to be absolutely trash um, even in the spring league so um, ne- never keep your eyes out for Littleton as a contender is all I'm gonna say that's a school that needs some Damn. <laughs> culture readjust readjustment but anyways uh, then you have the academy who they beat 41 to 12 Kent Denver 49-0 Aspen, who is another, who was a playoff game 57 to nothing, uh, that before beating sand Creek and eventually losing to rifle, you know, on a last play fumble by one point. So talking about some things that, you know, they got going for them. They do have their lead back coming back, but they're returning Kade Palmer, who is a first team all state running back who shredded the field last year. For this tca program as well as their quarterback sam um how do you say gaez i believe gillies sam gillies you said
0: i okay i'm here just for the record i definitely know somebody with the same last name and so i apologize to her who may or may not be sam's older sister and so i i'm pretty sure it's gillies but okay if i'm so, wrong they're not wrong so.
1: sam sam gillies they're returning him who had a solid year throwing eight TDs to just three interceptions on 57% completion percentage, almost 58% completion percentage, which, you know, is is phenomenal, especially for this 2A level. And, you know, they also have some dudes uh, who, who can catch, you know, they're re- returning Matthew Segovia, who caught for 169 yards last year and two touchdowns, as well as Jake Jennings, who is their third le- leading receiver. And in the backfield, you know, they're actually returning four. They're four leading rushers. Um, so they are returning a lot of great athletes on this offensive side of the ball. The, I guess, the, oh, as well as Josh Schneider, who is the leading tackler for this TCA team. And, you know, also was just a, a mobster as an outside linebacker. And yeah, also Matthew Segovia on the defensive side of the ball, led the team with four deflections, wasn't the leader in interceptions, but you know what was an all state defensive back. And overall, they just have a lot of really young talent that's coming back this year. And the only real concern that I have, and I'm sure Simon would agree with me here is that they are losing three all state linemen, I believe in Um, Ian Ridgeway, Mitch Anderson, and Cade Macklin. Um, And then they're also losing Ethan Brunk and two of their top five tacklers, including uh, Travis Kautz, who was the team leader in Tackles for Loss, and Garrett Kautz, um, unsure of relation, probably relation, knowing how high school football works, who was their leading receiver um, only by, like, literally eight yards. But still, uh, losing quite a bit of talent, and their leading receiver as far as receptions go in – Aiden Timpson but there's still a lot to like about this team you know their running back room being super young and if they figure out how to split carries a little bit better uh, maybe they do a little bit more this fall season Simon what do you think of that take and uh, overall how do you react how do you overcome losing that many all-state linemen slash what does their lineman depth look like heading into this fall season I know that you're a bit more familiar with uh, the trenches than I am most of the time
0: Yeah, no, for sure. So, um, I I agree with your take. I think Cade Palmer, uh, first off, congrats to Cade. He has just committed to Air Force. And so they're getting a good one over there. Uh, Cade Palmer is a star. No doubt about that. You know, he tore apart. Every team, pretty much every team, in the spring season last year, he's been doing this basically since his freshman year. uh K. Palmer is a name that I've grown very familiar with for years now, for years now. So I've known this dude not personally, but I've known of him uh, for a while now. He's a baller. He's probably expected to go off again. Honestly, he's probably somebody who could potentially win or be in the running for like athlete of the year or whatever that is here in Colorado, just because he's just a very dynamic. Athlete lead here you know he's he's one of the best that tca has probably ever had you know? yeah i don't know <laughs> it's it's rare he's he's a rarity for sure you know just watching that uh rifle game and you know rifle plays good defense they were making good angles, and they were making it hard on him. But, you know, Cade, you know, he looked like Adrian Peterson out there, running over people, outrunning people, catching the ball, doing it all. Like you said, Cody, he ran for like 300-some 300, 300 yards. Um, in my opinion, he's probably a guy who's a threat to score five touchdowns a game. It uh, doesn't matter through passing or – or sorry, not passing, through running it or catching it, you know. He's just – he's a, he's a bona fide star. He's somebody that teams need to focus on straight up and so totally agree there uh, as far as running back committee goes as far as running back committee goes uh yeah I'd probably try to you know <laughs> I try to keep Cade fresh for the playoffs let's just say that because he's gonna have great games throughout the regular season and whatnot um he's also already committed and so you know there you go and so I'd probably try to figure out who your back of the future is as well uh moving forward but you know they have some options here and so that's never a bad thing As far as their offensive line goes, I understand. I am concerned about them as well. Uh, Ridgway and Anderson, they were both captains. Uh, You talked about Couts here, the the brothers, that is. I believe they were—or sorry, no, they weren't captains. Um, They weren't captains. My bad, my bad. But Danny Patterson, he was another captain that played uh, on—he played center and linebacker. And so, you know, you're definitely losing some guys. Uh, Just looking at the roster, though, they definitely got some size— Okay, so looking at the roster, they definitely have some size. Uh, I was looking at their sophomores from last year, will be juniors this year. You know, you have a number of dudes who are, you know, six 220, 230, kind of in that range. You know, having multiple guys, they had like five or six of them, it felt that's always a good thing. That means there's room for improvement there. Um, You know, it's rare that you have a lineman that loses weight over the offseason. And so, you know, I'm kind of looking at those guys to kind of fill – a lot of these holes on the line but you know regardless though you still got size on the line you know um it's one thing to have inexperience but at, in this case at least you got some size here some weight to throw around in the trenches and you know you could kind of live with that as they gel together and get better uh, this season you know they kind of have a quick turnaround and so this is where know there's a little bit more concern here rifle had a quick turnaround but you know they're returning a lot of players tca yeah they're gonna have to reconfigure their line just a little bit here i'm sure they have been working they've been in game shape though and so uh we'll just have to see about that but don't there's no doubt about it they have a dude with size that could play every single position on their line and so i'm not concerned about that you know um right now obviously you know on paper size and weight and height is and everything but it helps you know it makes it kind of kind of relieves that so um i don't know does does that make you feel any better about their line cody knowing that they have multiple bodies who could uh, be plug and play guys potentially
1: yeah it's nice to obviously just have the size plus you know, I'm kind of cheating ahead a little bit here and looking at their schedule. They kind of have some time to figure out who's going to play what position and they have some time to shuffle. Um, I can't really say I'm not throwing shade because that definitely throws shade at like some of the teams that they face at the beginning of their schedule. But like if they're even half as dominant as last year, they'll have plenty of time to experiment and try people, you know, in some different spots, depending on the half and put linemen in different positions and just continue to, you know, set up that depth. And I believe that, you know, when you blow teams out 62 to seven, like they did last year and stuff like that, you end up getting some of these backups on. And I think that, you know, some of these guys may have already seen the field, maybe not like quote unquote important downs or important snaps, but snaps are snaps, especially when it comes to competition. So I think that some of these depth guys, you know, as some of these younger guys that you talked about, these sophomores, I think that Maybe they're a little bit further along than we might be giving them credit for. I think that that's a possibility, I should say. And, uh, you know, one that TCA is obviously hopeful for as well.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, you kind of got to look at their skill positions here, too, because I feel like that's kind of. A little bit more of their strength obviously they're losing the couch brothers like you said they are losing alex nelson uh receiver free safety he was uh, one of their captains and so you know you're losing those guys but arguably one of the best athletes to to ever go to tca if i'm just being completely honest you know that boy's a beast uh you mentioned matt segovia matt you know that's another name that i've heard a lot i mean like a lot a lot uh for for a while now you know he plays cornerback and receiver He's a little speedster as a cornerback. He can be a shutdown corner. Um, He's shown the ability to do that and whatnot. He had a pretty good game against Cade Bishop. You know, obviously rifle didn't pass the ball a lot, but, you know, played solid enough. I felt. And so he's somebody who is returning um, to the secondary. And will kind of help lead them And So I'm very high on him. And then even as a receiver, I I like him a lot. You know, he's a speedster. He's somebody who consistently beat one-on-one matchups. Like, I haven't seen a lot of film of him where he's one-on-one and he doesn't get open. Because, look, he's <clears throat> he's just always open, you know. Um, he's He has a lot of speed and athleticism on him. And even after he catches the ball, you know, he has a fantastic ability to create after the catch you know um if tca and this is just my opinion but if tca plays their cards right segovia could be as big a threat as Cade palmer in the right system you know he doesn't have to be running the most complicated routes shoot call call multiple screen routes and let him create because he has home run hitting ability a lot like Cade palmer and so you kind of already have your you know second part of this dominant offense right here. And so I think those two guys have been established dudes the last couple of years. They've started for a while here. And you know, those are guys that I definitely expect to have big seasons. Obviously Cade is already committed to Air Force. Uh, Matt, I don't know what his uh, recruiting journey looks like right now, but I definitely expect him to get some calls from, uh, well, I don't know. I-, I could see him going like, you know, FCS D1 for sure. I could see D2 uh, most likely, but... Either way, Segovia is somebody who could be, who could equally be a star, a lot like Kate Palmer. And then, you know, the third guy on here, I need to shout him out here. It's the quarterback, Sam Gillies. Um, I watched that game and, you know, I I liked what I saw and I've seen Sam play a couple other games as well. I definitely believe watching some of his highlights from actually his very first start when he first uh, became the starting quarterback for TCA and he has talent. You know, he has the arm power is there. The arm talent, I would say in some aspects are there, you know, and, you know, he has shown that he can get the ball there. He's also a pretty athletic quarterback. He could run the ball and be a very like, (laughs) just be a very frustrating quarterback to tackle because he has excellent agility, really good speed and whatnot. And so uh, on this level, you know, he could be a very deadly quarterback prospect and uh, he could be is what I'm saying right now, but the deal, but I'm I'm definitely a little worried last season, definitely a down season. Um, like I said, I wouldn't blame Kate. I wouldn't blame Cade for losing. I really wouldn't blame any of these players for losing. I would say there is definitely some responsibility a little bit more on Sam than anything else, because in that third quarter of that state game, in my opinion, he missed way too many throws way too many and i'm talking he's given screen passes and throws like that like easy throws like that checkdowns that he just missed um and then there were a couple throws where i i believe he was trying to look deep segovia was open and he just missed him and I, you can't you can't do that in a state championship game if you want to win it you know and i i feel bad because I feel like he was just out of character. I feel like he is so much better than that. And he was in his head going into this game moving forward. Um, you know, he was missing very easy throws that he should have made. And if he completed some of these, that the game probably would have been a little bit more different here because um, he struggled a lot in that second half. And so, you know, uh, I'm just going to be real, man. I wish, I, I wish, I wish i saw him play sooner because i didn't watch that state championship game live or anything like that even though i probably could have um i watched it maybe a couple weeks ago Uh, but like it just sucks because like i'm just gonna be real if i got to work with him or cody even if you got to work with him he would be a much better quarterback right now because he just has so much raw talent he's somebody that you know i honestly believe if he takes that next step forward because um, I know he's mastered this TCA offense. I feel like he should know all the plays by now. He's like a three-year starter or something like that. He's definitely somebody who can be a D1 quarterback. He has all the athletic abilities to do it. Uh, he has a lot of talent to be able to do it. And so I personally wouldn't be surprised if this year's a coming out party and he just turns it all the way up and gets after it and earns a scholarship, um, multiple scholarships actually at the end of his senior year because he has that potential. But I think my biggest concern is you know, just where is he at with all that because, uh, I don't know, just missed a lot of passes that second half. Like I could forgive a couple here and there, but it was very hard to ignore how many easy passes he missed. And so I feel like he is the key to them not only going back to state but winning it all. Because I see this offense as um, arguably one of the best offenses in the entire state on any level of football. So I don't know. I I hope I'm not out of pocket with that Sam comment here. Uh, but I I just feel like he could be a lot better. And I don't know. I I hope he's made you know uh, some strides here. Because I am rooting for him. I am. Uh, you know, as much as I do have differences with my alma mater, I am rooting for TCA to go and uh, win their first state championship. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Cody, what do you think about that take there? And then we could go ahead and get into this um, this their schedule here as well.
1: Yeah, so I mean, when you have uh, a player who has, you know, an off game on the biggest stage of his life so far, there is a lot of things going into, you know, what What is he thinking? How is he going to bounce back? Will he bounce back because young players, they need the right support system. Simon, we talk about it all the time here on this show when we when we talk to people about who to be grateful for. And we've talked to some very mentally tough football players who who've come back from you know some pretty tough, you know challenges and adversity. I think of Q Jones in particular. um, you know, maybe that's an interview that Sam needs to listen to and uh, maybe find some guidance from. Uh, heading into the season granted you know coming back from an injury isn't the same thing but i think a lot of the mental toughness things and you know being well grounded are some things that q jones did really well that you know sam in order to have the best season that he could have needs to display this upcoming year because they had almost no adversity this past season um on the on that schedule versus you know they're gonna have a little bit more adversity on this upcoming schedule and i'll get to that in just a second But, you know, Sam has got to figure out, you know, what legacy he wants to leave behind, not only at TCA, but just Colorado football in general. And what exactly he has to mentally do, I believe, is more important. What he has to mentally do in order to prepare for that. Changing subjects just a little bit and talking about something that could make both Sam and Cade's life easier is I'm looking through here and I see this name TJ Harabic, I believe is how you say it. And I think that, you know. He could be because, okay, so peep this, right? You have Ethan Aragundi here, who he he was their second leading back. You know, he had the second most carries and he averaged like nine yards per carry. The only things that I have about Ethan, you know, is that he's definitely like a boomer bust back. You know, he's five foot six, 165 pounds, right? So the play calls might be a little bit different and the style might be a bit different. And so, you know, if teams are seeing Aragundi in the backfield, you know, they might adjust accordingly versus a Kate Palmer. But Harabic here is a six foot 195-pound running back slash linebacker who had a massive game in the opening week last year. Who ran, he ran for like 170 yards, had two touchdowns, and a pick all in that game. So I think that, you know, TJ here is someone who could get a lot more carries and kind of lighten the load on Palmer and Eric Gundy. And, you know, if they can get this – three tailback thing kind of going and throws Segovia in there occasionally you know with some jet sweeps or something like that i think that they have a really good thing in this backfield and if they can learn to spread it out and keep the backs fresh maybe take notes from that team that you lost to in the championship game then the, then the team as a whole gets a lot better and then Cade palmer you know isn't asked to run for 300 yards for you to win a state championship He's asked to run for 200. Eric Gundy is asked to run for 50 to 100. And Harabic is asked to run for 100, much like this rifle team who just recently won the state championship. But looking ahead to the schedule that I was talking about just a moment ago it's definitely a lot harder than last year and i'm sure simon will echo that sentiment you know they open up the season against alamosa while alamosa wasn't a playoff team last year they are returning some of their linemen i know for a fact so they're gonna have some consistency up front there so that may be you know it'll be an interesting game to kind of gauge just how strong tca i still think that they get the dub here but you know how do they get the dub is is more important then you have a Harrison and an Elizabeth and a Mitchell. I don't really get concerned until you get into this little stretch here. Wait, whoa, the-
0: wait, sorry, Cody. I, I'm going to have to interrupt you there. Harrison's going to give TCA some trouble. Um, look, <clears throat> I, I'm sorry. And I didn't mean to interrupt, but I just gotta be real with you, man. They, they've been building a culture down there of winning for a while now, you know, um, last year they beat falcon obviously uh in that last game of the season and whatnot and then you know they made a little run there but don't get it twisted that was a very young team that was coming off uh, losing their longtime coach but don't get it twisted their culture is very much the same and if i'm gonna be completely honest with you the culture of harrison football is very different from the culture of tca football And so it's going to be a little bit of a bloodbath if I'm going to be completely real with you. They're going to want to hit, you know. And I know Harrison kids and, you know, I know TCA kids. And I'm just going to be real with you, man. Harrison kids don't like... I'm just, they don't like the kind of kids that TCA kids are. And I could say that because I went there. And to be honest, I don't like some of the way TCA kids are. You know, they, uh, a lot of them fit the mold of that Colorado football uh, culture thing that we talked about. And so Harrison being kind of from uh, the southern part of Colorado Springs is going to have a chip on their shoulders. They see TCA. And I know this. They see TCA as kind of that, you know, uh, city on a hill type. They're put on a pedestal all the time. They're going to want to knock them out in the first round don't get it twisted they're coming to beat your ass at, in your house and they they relish that they did it to falcon and they're gonna do it to tca this is a game they've been waiting on for years now okay so,
1: so circle that circle that on your old schedules. schedule yeah, nine yeah. slash 10 harris and it's at tca I
0: yes. At, so. yes yes so just i just have to put it out there I, you know i didn't mean to be disrespectful for anything but you know i know the culture of harrison i like it you know and it's
1: very so, different yeah, from you, TCA. You know, you know a lot more about that than I do being in that Colorado Spring kind of area. So I appreciate you stepping in. Yeah, no, absolutely. So then don't get it twisted. They're going to smack Elizabeth. Um, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right they right I that. just want
0: to interrupt for the Harrison one. And, you know, nobody really loses to Mitchell. So, yeah, you know, there you go. But go on.
1: Yeah. And then I think that it picks up a little bit with uh, La Junta. They have a lot of returning players, but definitely a winnable game they do face lamar however we did talk about lamar is losing basically everyone um but don't expect them to roll over don't expect them to roll over is what i'll say obviously they made it to the state championship last fall as a seven seed they're a scrappy team i think they're going to continue to be scrappy uh despite their major losses on both sides of the ball then they end this season against a Pagosa Springs and a Manitou Springs, both teams that, you know, Manitou Springs obviously being the 2A Spring Champions, and uh, you know we talked about them a little bit, and they're returning their quarterback as well, who was very solid last year, and then uh, Pagosa Springs who, you know, uh, dabbles in the playoff game a little bit. So, they're going to be challenged significantly more this season than they were last season, and, you know, I think that that'll be very telling of if that last season run was legitimate or not i guess um especially being in the spring once again talking about combining those spring and fall kind of teams together and seeing how they fare against each other is going to be very interesting to watch
0: yeah no absolutely uh i like that manitou game at the end uh, I, I think maybe some people might be overlooking that one a little bit but that could definitely be a trap game if they're not careful because i know it's kind of tucked in the back there but you know Mm, you never know. But, um, yeah, I agree. Could don't be a shootout. Yeah, it could I be mean, a shootout. It could be. It shouldn't be a shootout because, you know, you have a better team with more players and a better defense as well, in my opinion. But uh, it could definitely get into a shootout. And if you're getting to a shootout, that's a dangerous situation uh, that you kind of don't want to get into if you're TCA. Not that you can't match most teams in a shootout but you're putting a little bit more pressure on players right before you know right before the playoffs and when you're putting that kind of pressure and you know emotions are high and stuff a lot of uh, unfortunate things could potentially happen and that's just you know honestly to end the season you want to have a game where you know you just take care of business and that is that right yeah yeah so but yeah no i mean all um look i'm just gonna be real with you man like I'm. this is no disrespect to like LaHunta, Lamar, Manitou even, um, but I think, or Alamosa, uh, but I think that Harrison game is probably going to be the make or break game of this season. Uh, Historically, TCA, you know, has had some talent in 3A before they switched down to 2A. They were a team that were going to the quarterfinals and semifinals every now and then, but couldn't get it done. Then they moved down to 2A, literally did the same thing until they made state uh, this last spring. And so, i i i hate to be this guy because i know it's not the same team you have different players and you know what if you're a player over at tca as a fellow titan as somebody who was a titan i challenge you to change that but there's definitely a culture of choking when it matters most and getting to emotional games that you don't know how to finish harrison is an emotional game you know and you know, this TCA uh, team, they definitely have a history and of a culture of, you know, playing really good teams and beating them. But whenever they get challenged, mm, I don't know, you know, and maybe if that challenge doesn't go their way, it definitely affects how the rest of their season has went. Um, you know, this wasn't that long ago, but my senior year, I definitely remember TCA being on fire on a five or six game winning streak or a th- sorry, a three or four game winning streak against some of the top teams in the state. Then they play LaHunta, the number one team, losing a close game, and then they basically drop a lot more games than they should have and are a one-and-done team in the playoffs. And so it's very possible that if they don't win this Harrison game, that could be kind of an emotional swing that, uh, you know, that the coaching staff will need to deal with if they can. Um, but they haven't showed that they could before. So at, at this point, look— I'm a very cynical TCA former Titan. And so I could say this, this doesn't reflect Cody's opinions. Cody, you, you know, you can have your opinions, but for me, you got to prove yourself, you know, you just do. So that's where you're at.
1: Do they have the mental toughness? Basically.
0: Yes. To this off. team more than any other team, but and we'll you know. see
1: coming this fall, but yeah. you know, with the mental toughness questions and uh, some of the, you know, graduating linemen as well. That is the reason why they are not Simon or my pick to win the 2A championship this fall. We actually choose
0: coming up next. Was good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner podcast. Once again, this is episode 54. We are kind of wrapping up our preview of the 2A level of Colorado football for this 2021 season our pick to win it all once again it's a joint decision usually it won't be or sometimes it won't be not i wouldn't say usually but sometimes it won't be but in this case it is eden high school the defending fall champs from last year and let me tell you why i kind of already went over it uh you know at the beginning here but i should go ahead and tell you why okay this is a team that is returning a lot and i mean a lot of young talent i'll go ahead and list the guys that they are losing because i think it's important to list these players some of them i have taught before and so you know huge shout out to them also huge shout out to coach grable up there uh definitely one of my mentors um not only as a teacher and as a coach but in life for sure but they are losing their starting quarterback scott grable he's the son of uh coach just shouted out they are losing tanner true um an all-state guy who i did a breakdown on you know fantastic wrestler as well and you know he's gonna do his thing over at Shadron state i want to say they are losing backup running back salvador rojas and juan malavilla um i think juan played wide receiver actually though and then they are losing gage butler played wide receiver but i would say he's most known at corner uh he had a good number of picks there but he was also the stat leader of wide receiver but Other than that Everyone is coming back Plus Plus more You know This defensive line For Eden Is a monster I already talked about it How they did Versus Lamar and whatnot They thrashed their offensive line Four quarters straight They just thrashed him. It was constant pressure all the time, constant tackles in the backfield, you know. And this year it won't be much different because they are returning some players here who are seasoned veterans at this point. Um, The guy that kind of comes to mind, I guess if you want to, you know, select a face of Eden football, which, you know, they're they're definitely a uh, very good team as a whole. But if you want to select a face, it would be Morgan Trebet. You know, he's a class of 23 defensive end. I believe he'll be playing running back as well. And so I actually have a very quick story about Morgan. I have never actually met this dude, which is wild because I taught in the Eden School District for like a year. You know, I've seen his like face around and I've seen him around and I've seen pictures of him. But I've never taught him. But if I vividly remember this, if you walk into the old Eden High School building, because they are moving to a new high school building right now. Um, and you look right above the doors of the gym, you will see Morgan Trebet's name there at least four or five different times for weightlifting, for different types of lifts, by the way, for uh, wrestling and for all this stuff. This dude owns multiple records as their, as their strongest weightlifter, basically, you know, and he did a lot of these things as a freshman, you know, he is arguably... The greatest athlete in Eden history. I'm just going to be real with you. The most accomplished athlete in Eden history, both as a wrestler, football player, running back. And you know, you got to keep in mind, Eden has had some athletes before. They had Austin Eckler. Now the lead back for the Chargers. They had uh, that other guy, Cody, Mitch, Mitch He played a line for the Broncos, right? You know, and so they've had some dudes and, you know, for Morgan's name to be up there that many times with guys like that who are known to be workhorses, Austin Eckler known to be one of the strongest running backs in the league. Golly, bro. I'll tell you what, Morgan Trebet's name, I knew it back when he was a freshman because his name was everywhere. You know, he was a record holder for multiple things. And, you know, last year, premier pass rusher in the state this year he's gonna be another big time pass rusher in this state this dude has been starting since a freshman and he's going into his junior year he's already a seasoned vet and so he's gonna be leading the way to another state championship along with a couple other guys here and so i'm gonna go ahead and shout out running back Uh, he will be a senior here ethan flores um you know led the squad with 616 rushing yards 11 touchdowns last year emerged as the lead back in the backfield Going to this next year, he's going to, I mean, obviously you got to expect that he's going to take another step forward, right? He's going to be the workhorse for this team like he was just uh, like he was last year and kind of be the MVP of this offensive squad and kind of help them kind of, you know, lead them to another state championship or at least a really good run. You know, uh, also, he's a key part of that off, or sorry, a key part of that defense. He makes up uh, for a lot of the speed on that squad. So, you know, you have a bunch of big boys up front. He's the guy that could clean up a lot of those tackles at his linebacker spot. So, Ethan Flores, another stud out there, going to be a senior this year, was one of the best backs in the state last year. You know, that's somebody that you got to look out for. He was. Kind of the main part of this Eden uh, offense last year, which, you know, wasn't anything crazy. And then obviously, man, I'd be tripping if I didn't shout out a lot of my old students, some of my favorite students I've ever taught. I'm not even going to lie, man. These are kids that uh, made me love. And I mean this from the bottom of my heart. They made me love, 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 love teaching and coaching. To this day, you know, no matter how hard it is, these are kiddos I think about and I'm like, yeah, these are good kids. These are kids that I really like. And so shout out to my boy, Dirk Duncan. He's going to be a senior this year. I I taught him and his little brother. Actually, he plays wide receiver corner and safety along with my other dog, Brogan Barr. He's out there as well. They're key starters on that championship uh, defense. I believe they both got a pick in that in that uh, state championship game as well i fully expect them to step in as leaders of the secondary and leave them like they always have like they always will you know that's a big part and then uh, last but not least you know i gotta mention this line uh, obviously outside of morgan we got some other big boys here you got lucas cass uh senior guard listed at six foot 220 last year you got the Lawrence uh, brothers. I don't know if they're brothers or cousins, but their last name is both Lawrence. So I'll go with that. Uh, Trey Lawrence, offensive line D tackle, 6'3", 280. Robert Lawrence, you know, offensive line, D-line, 6'3", 280. Then you have Cameron Shaw uh, on that line as well, 5'11", 200. And then shout out to one of our longtime supporters in Ryder True. Tanner True's a little brother. He'll be stepping in at middle linebacker as well. That's actually a player that I'm very excited for as well. And then I believe there are a couple other players here. Uh, I want to keep this kind of short, though, but there are a couple other players here of that I have taught. Back when they were freshmen, that will finally get their, uh, you know, get, get to get to get some quality varsity snaps moving forward. And so I'm super excited for that, man. This is a team that is returning a lot of players. They have a great coaching staff. Eden is always tough on defense. That's a known fact. They're not losing a lot on defense. They're barely losing anything on offense. Honestly, they do have a couple guys that could step in there at quarterback. You know, I love Scott Grable. He's a great kiddo and whatnot, but it wasn't like he was like the greatest. What like It wasn't like he was Peyton Manning or like Luke McAllister for this team. You could put in a couple other players in there and they could do a similar job. Maybe not as good a job as a leader, but a similar job. And so there you go. But Cody, what do you think about this Eden team? Why are they your pick to win it all once again?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I want to talk about some of your favorite students actually here in that defensive secondary in Dirk Duncan and uh, Brogan Barr. You know, they accounted for five interceptions last year, three pass deflections and also a fumble recovery. So that was just between the two of them. So I think that they'll be able to help kind of fill that void left by Gage Butler. You know, they combined to have the same number of interceptions as him. But I, I it looks like with a lot less snaps at available positions. So, you know, hopefully more snaps and just more exposure will help out. And I also want to talk about, you know, Ryan Dirksen, who had, was tied actually with Morgan Trebet with five and a half sacks this past year and, you know, was the fifth leading tackler on this team overall. And almost had double-digit tackles for loss. So I think that, you know, between Dirksen and Trebet, both on that defensive line, they're going to continue to swarm teams just like they did all of last year. They have a great secondary, you know. When you have great defensive linemen, especially good, you know, pass rushers, that leads to easier interceptions for your secondary. So I think that the secondary is going to have a little bit of flexibility with those fellas taking, it, taking care of business up front. And then, you know, they, they like you also brought up there, bring back Ethan Flores, who's a do-it-all kind of guy who can, you know, kick return, punt return. He can catch the ball. He can play defense. I think that, you know, he's going to continue to tear it up this year. They do lose their next four top rushers, which is really tough to lose. They're losing, like, over 1,200 yards of scrimmage. That includes the quarterback, I, I should mention, you know. And with the quarterback as well, they're losing another, like... Well, they're losing 1,200 scrimmage yards with Grable being gone, period. Uh, So that's definitely hard to recover from. And then as well as Salvador Rojas, who had seven touchdowns last year. All of those things hurt, but when you're returning uh, an offensive line and, you know, a lead back as good as Ethan Flores, then there's definitely room for some people to step in and make some plays here. You know, it looks like there is a D'Angelo Rosas that... You know i got a couple of opportunities last year who could step in and you know maybe take a couple more carries going he was only a freshman last year and he was averaging almost five yards per carry so i think that you know maybe he could step in and you know make a couple more plays and then you also like you said you know morgan trebet is also going to be taking tackles and he's one of the best athletes you talked about how he has basically all of the lifting records that's fantastic to hear and then you know as far as receivers go you have tate smith who could kind of like jump in there um who is the fourth leading receiver last year so you lose a lot of guys but it's one of those things like i talked about who's going to be able to fill those shoes and i think eaton has answers for who's going to be able to fill those shoes and it helps significantly that their d-line is you know they're returning their two best d linemen in my opinion And, you know, 2D linemen that are going to give quarterbacks and tailbacks of any opposing team headaches, not only with their experience and just with their strength, but just the fact that you have to deal with both of them on every single snap, you know, uh, between um, Trebet and Dirksen here. So and then, you know, you obviously have to be frustrated as a quarterback that they have such good or, or my bad, they have great secondary players in Brogan and Dirk here. Um, who, who are both able to make athletic plays on the ball. And I think that you can get them going the other way and get them catching some footballs too on the offensive side of the ball. So, you know, lots of returning talent here. And just as a quick recap, I'm going to talk about their schedule last year and how they, for the most part, breezed through it. There were some, some difficult games here, but they opened up their season last year against Weld Central and they won 49 to six then as i talked about earlier they lost to sterling but that was week two then they oh my god what they did to fort lupton is wrong they beat fort lupton 55 to zero um yes yikes um then they beat brush 28 to zero in a league game they beat severance 51 to six but severance <laughs> i'm just i'm just gonna leave it there um, oh whoa, Plat-
0: wait they're, they're a first year like team aren't they
1: well they were horribly tainted by by a coach um in their in their opening year um Okay. okay if you if you know you know uh it's somebody who doesn't actually make their own playbooks but i won't i won't be throwing no one under the bus that's another one of those colorado culture uh problems where coaches who don't make their own playbooks get hired in certain situations so but anyways and then they allow like 40 points a game but Platte valley is uh was their next game and they actually lost to Platte valley uh, 41 to 35 which was at home and a league game but then they go into the playoffs they take care of business against pagosa springs here 41 7 we've already talked about resurrection christian uh, in the last segment but just to remind you resurrection christian for the second year in a row lost in the semifinals. With a chance to go to the championship. They beat them 27-13. And then Lamar, uh, Simon Tuckus through that game, you know, jumped out to a 21-0 lead. Then the two two of the best players two a football period uh, stormed back to tie it up before Eaton eventually, you know, reasserted control in that game. And so looking forward to this next year, Simon, how do you think that this schedule for this upcoming season compares to last year's schedule and how does Eden fare through this upcoming schedule
0: yeah so uh they're definitely gonna get tested early on we talked about them playing Sterling uh like I said that's a game that I hope to plan to go to that we hope to uh plan to go to that should be a good one uh you know you're testing that defense right away seeing where they're at and so that'll be a good uh, test right there. Then you got Elizabeth the next week. Then you play Platte Valley. I'm just going to stay on this, you know, Platte Valley. They're a team that could upset some teams. And, you know, that's why I mentioned them earlier. They upset Eden. And so maybe that was a team that they underestimated. But also that low key is a squad that always kind of plays Eden pretty well there. So no surprises there uh got games against faith christian the academy the academy is always uh didn't they have a solid year last year cody i'm trying to remember here
1: yeah no academy academy is a good team honestly um yeah it's not one that you should you know some teams were able to blow them out but um some teams also lost really close games that were in this playoff mix that we're talking about so
0: yeah okay so you know you can't i mean really you can't write off any of these teams but the academy is definitely a team that low-key might be a trap game just like platte valley so there you go uh should be university i'm just i i don't mean to be disrespectful
1: but also i agree
0: yeah I, i won't let
1: you die alone on this hill university is uh
0: they were better last year and they still thrashed them so
1: yeah, they, they lost some talent this last year and, uh, yeah, they need, they, they're in the middle of establishing their culture. Let's just put it that way. That's the nicest way to put it, I guess. Yes.
0: And I, um, uh, I feel bad because I know I've talked to some freshmen who will be going to university and might even be looking at varsity snaps. Eden. I don't, that's a scary game. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. If I'm a freshman and I got to play Eden on October 14th, I I, I don't know, but also, okay. So here's where I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about here when it comes to like weird schedule things. So like it has here that Og- or sorry, October 14th, Thursday, play university, October 15th. It's listed here that they play resurrection Christian. Now, um, I'm no genius, but it's very hard to play back to backs in, in your games. And I don't know if they just screwed up. With the timing or whatever but they play severance next week on the 21st on a thursday and then berthold after that on the 29th and so there's not really any room here maybe they meant to have a game on the 8th maybe that's when they're going to play a university but if that's truly a back-to-back that's just kind of a hard thing to go up against especially resurrection christian that'll probably be their toughest a challenge of the season um and it might not to be honest with you that might not even be their last face off with resurrection christian and eden versus versus resurrection christian kind of championship would be a very fun one and is one that could potentially happen um but yeah i don't know i don't know if this is just the schedule being weird here it is max preps so you know they're it's max preps so There you go. go. But uh, hopefully that's not a back-to-back because that would make that Resurrection Christian game at least two times harder, even if it is university that you're playing first. So yeah, Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think compared to last year, uh, they got some challenges on here. I think more than anything, they have a couple games here that are trap games. I'll be honest with you, Eden, um, they are the defending champs no doubt about that not only are they de- the defending champs in football they also are like the defending champs in like a million other sports too and so spirits are very high in the they little got a city
1: target on their back too
0: oh they got a target on all their students backs low they key. have a
1: giant e on their e- back <laughs> okay
0: Either- <laughs> <laughs> yes you're right they do uh, and so <laughs> with that being said You know, there is room here for overconfidence, you know, when not only you, but like other athletes in not just like the football team, but like all around in athletics in that Eden program has won and and dominated some of these teams going completely undefeated. It's easy to get a big head and be like, "Oh, well, then we're going to run over everyone." And on paper, yeah, you know, there's a lot of teams that they should run over. There's a lot of teams that they should win. And most of these games, I have them favored. Uh some of them more so than others. And so I think that might be kind of the biggest thing there, not getting a big head. At the end of the day, you got to play the eden way, you know. I think that's that's just really all I got to say there, man. Like you can't I don't know, you can't be trying to fake all this attitude and have a big head man like when it comes down to it you gotta smack a dude you know you gotta make it happen you gotta win you gotta smack a dude and you gotta assert your dominance every quarter not just two not just three even if you're up by 30 every quarter you gotta do it you know if you don't that's kind of where that laziness creeps in that's where a little bit of that overconfidence that's really the only obstacle i see here um low-key it's really eden that might potentially be holding them back what do you think about that cody
1: i think that you know i think that we're going to uh, look i don't think there's a whole lot holding this team back i think that if they maintain their moxie and they come into the season like hey come take it from us then i think that no one takes it from them if that makes sense so i think that being confident is the key actually to to securing this second consecutive state title, um, because you know it, it it's it's like you know being the defending champions like you come to my corner and you come earn this belt because until until anyone does anything about it, it's theirs. Is I think is the mentality that they have to have, especially with the dudes that they have on both sides of the ball. Um.
0: I mean, yeah, I, I I don't know. Just knowing like some of the a lot of these players. I find it hard to believe that a Morgan Trebet will allow this team to get overconfident. Like, (laughs) I, I wish you could see my face right now. I really wish. Cause that's like the, that'd be the weirdest thing to ever happen. If I'm being completely honest with you, like, there's no way, honestly, this is probably a schedule where they should win every single game maybe drop a game or two here you know you'll have a, probably a trap game here resurrection christian maybe that's a game you drop because um, they have a little bit more firepower and you know i, I think if anything or sterling
1: to start the season
0: yeah or sterling losing, I, the,
1: losing the first game of the season wouldn't kill you but it's definitely possible
0: yeah no i mean there's definitely a scenario where you know they drop that game versus sterling because you know they're talented enough then they turn around and kill elizabeth
1: and (laughs) they score (laughs) 70 points on poor elizabeth
0: (laughs) yeah they and they play with a very very huge chip of their on their shoulder with uh intention to hurt so I mean, you know, not like in a horrible way, but like in a football way, obviously. So, yeah,
1: I wasn't thinking the horrible way until you said something. About I, okay,
0: I just gotta say it because I know some teams get kind of salty when they have these big old like players on the two A level that they gotta go up against, and they're like, "Oh, y'all, y'all are recruiting," and it's like, oh, "Where are they recruiting? Recruiting from Alt? From Highland?
1: Like <laughs> from Altona Highland? I mean, maybe Greeley, but even then, it's." Uh... It's still, like, a 20 to 30-minute drive, isn't it? Uh, it depends
0: where you're at. From UNC, it's, like, a 10 or 15-minute drive. I know that because I, I made that, like, a million times. Um, So it's actually not that far. Like, like maybe if you're a Greeley Central player, you're like, oh, uh, maybe I could go over to Eden. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. But uh, other than that, nah, I, I don't know. They're not i've heard so many stupid rumors about recruiting when it comes to eden i've been in the school district i i feel like i would know because um i've been in colorado springs and i know some teams do it for sure and uh they i don't know they're as clean as they come so it's just uh they're just naturally good and you know what it doesn't even end here, because I have <laughs> taught at the elementary school level. Was Jesus Christ, bro? Some of the fifth graders I visited like two years ago—they're probably now seventh graders. They're like six-two, six-three, like behemoths. So it's not like you know—it's a one-time deal. Like, oh, you only have a Tanner one—you know—a Tanner True type of guy one time around. Maybe like the person, but as far as body types go, they got some big dudes coming through that are gonna be able to just be imposing you know that's just who they are so so yeah but either way um I don't eat I I see Eden winning state uh don't really see a lot of other teams going up against them we talked about this before uh, we recorded but I just don't see many teams having the size or speed or the aggressiveness to combat this Eden line you know offensive or defensive to be completely honest with you like The way they just thrashed Lamar last season in that game I watched is, I'm going to be real, kind of permanently scarred into my brain after seeing it because they just, oh my God, it was horrible Uh, up until, you know, they scored like three touchdowns in a row. But even then, like for that to even, for them to get there was like, it was a lot, you know, it was a lot. So, uh, I don't know, really excited for this team. They should repeat. But you never know once the playoffs come around it's anybody's game
1: absolutely yeah and i'm just really excited for this 2a football season and you know i know all these players and coaches are ready to get it started as well so yeah absolutely. good luck cool. to all Go these ahead. 2a programs and uh yeah if any programs feel like they didn't get mentioned or you know might Want to share their side of things? Uh, feel free to reach out. That's exactly what Miles Sprague did. Which, by the way, if you haven't, please listen to that interview. It's out anywhere you listen to podcasts, and is our second most recent episode. But
0: anyways, wait—the Miles Sprague interview is our most recent episode.
1: Not when they're listening to this one.
0: All right. Well, anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, best of luck to everyone. We're, we we are gonna try. To make it out to more games. And so if you'd like to, you know, have us come out to a game, you know, let us know. Uh, No promises, obviously, because we are adults with jobs. But we are trying to clear up these weekends and Fridays here so that we could go to some games. Um, You know what? We're not going to say our schedule yet. We are going to wait until, you know, our schedule of games that we are going to go to is more established. But, you know, we want to meet y'all and all that. And, uh, you know, um, just see what's good with y'all. So, yeah. But uh, once again, thank you for rocking with us, Cody. Well, first off, before I end up here, do you have anything else to add on?
1: I don't have anything to add on other than make sure to find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, And, you know, please uh, please interact with these posts when you see them on Twitter and Instagram. We love seeing uh, interactions in the comments. Uh, You know, just, you know, no. Don't say anything out of pocket. But it's fine to be confident, I guess. Um,
0: we also understand that you are high schoolers, but just keep in mind, you know, there are college opportunities for all football players here in Colorado. So, you know, don't take that away before it's offered. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. But uh, I've been Cody Stoffer.
0: I'm the other guy, Simon Vianos.
1: And peace.